We're finally here. Dude, I cannot believe that movie sucked as bad as it did. Shut up. I, oh my, it's so weird to think about. Welcome back to the Legionnaire. Yeah. It's so weird to think about. This movie, I was like going through Matt Reeves' Instagram today. And like back in like 2000, like early 2020 or 2019, he's like posted a picture of the Batmobile and like was hyping up the movie. And I'm just sitting here thinking, God, we saw the first trailer back at, uh, <laughs> I'm, I was just, uh, so surprised that we saw the first trailer back at DC fandom back in 2020. And the, cause this movie is supposed to come out back in October. And I is just like, Oh my god, this movie can't come soon enough. And then it got postponed till today, which I was fortunate enough to see it early. But um Yeah, I remember you initially you're like, bro, this movie's never coming out. It's never coming out. <laughs> I was you... making I was joking around. No, but I, like... know. I know you're you're just like, dude, this movie's ne- I will believe it's coming out when I'm sitting in the theater and it it's on the screen. Well, so that's just the thing. It's like this movie has gone through production, pre-production and production hell. Like it was supposed to be a Ben Affleck movie where Ben Affleck wrote and starred in the movie. And Matt Reeves was sort of a co-writer. And then it morphed into Matt Reeves writing the movie and Ben Affleck was starring in it. And then it completely transformed into they recasted the Batman and Matt Reeves was writing the movie himself. And it was completely separate from all the DC movies. And let me tell you, they made the right decision doing that. Yeah, they really did. Like, I liked Ben Affleck. I like Ben Affleck as Batman. However, I think he can still be in the DCEU. Just like, I really just prefer this Batman story over anything in the DCEU right now. I prefer this over any superhero movie we've gotten in the past. Oh, yeah. Infinity War would be a tough argument for me to say because I really did love Infinity War. But like when it just comes down to it being a movie, not like an event like infinity war was, which was an event. It was 10 years in the making. We're just talking about watching a movie. I'm sorry, but this one, the Batman has it beat out by laps and miles. Yeah. Like, I don't know. As it is, there's people say, is it better than the dark Knight? Well, okay. I want to get into that in a minute. So this was a, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I was walking on the treadmill and I was just thinking to myself back, uh, back in the Oscar season or whichever one was before that, the golden globes, is that the one before it? Yeah. Whichever the pointless award ceremony that nobody watches anymore. Yeah. It was one that Ricky Gervais always does, but, um, he, Martin Scorsese had said, Marvel movies are like theme park rides. They're like, oh, fun in the moment. It's kind of like the ups and downs. And it's just a roller coaster of a movie. It it feels like a theme park, sort of. It's all flashy stuff that you get to see. And I didn't really agree with that at that point. But after seeing like Spider-Man No Way Home and Chung-Chi and then seeing this, which is completely different from those movies, I realized I'm like, damn spider-man no way home was like a perfect example of like a theme park ride for a movie which isn't anything bad to say against spider-man no way home because i love that movie i think that movie is in the top five for marvel movies and i think it's just a fun movie to watch but i mean it's batman yeah this is the most batman feeling movie we've ever gotten well that's also because like when you think about this movie (laughs) 
there is maybe four scenes, five scenes that feature only Bruce Wayne, like not in the bat suit. The rest of the movie is him being the Batman. And I think that, I mean, because we talked when we were reviewing The Dark Knight, it kind of felt like a Bruce Wayne, like the Dark Knight trilogy felt very much like a Bruce Wayne story. And it was, he was Batman. But like the Batman Begins is more of him like becoming Batman. And I think that felt more like a Batman story. But then the last two felt more like a Bruce Wayne story. And he was just Batman as well. The Dark Knight Rises, especially to me, felt way more like a Bruce Wayne story than a Batman story. Mm-hmm. So seeing this where it was, we've never seen, I feel like this much Batman on the screen before. And it's actually Batman doing the things that people talk about Batman doing. I think that's just one of the things that just like puts this movie above, like not even Batman movies alone, but other comic book movies as well. Yeah. It's because, well, like again, like with a thing where like when it comes to like, what is Batman doing? He fights organized crime. He doesn't fight supervillains. The supervillains were came around because of the Batman. Um, It's just, the thing is like, Oh shoot. I forgot where I was going with this. There's something. <laughs> What did I start with? What did I start saying? Batman was fighting organized crime. Organized crime. Oh, well, yeah, he's always in. He's never like you never really see him just as like in his normal clothes. He's always in the Batman suit. That's just who Bruce Wayne is, too. It's like he doesn't want to be. I mean, he wants to be Bruce Wayne, but he's he's Batman. Like it's Mm -hmm. never he uses the Bruce Wayne suit. I hate to use like the metaphor again. But it, it, he uses the Bruce Wayne suit to like further like his agenda. But he's always going to be the Batman. Like he's using the Batman is like who he is, and that's what he does for a living. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I mean, it is like he's like what isn't it in that uh, one? Anime, I think it's Batman Beyond. It's like you think like your name, like I like I think I am Cal. This is like who cool. he's like he thinks of himself as Batman. He doesn't think of himself as Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. I love Batman Beyond as well. I love that story. I've never seen it. I have. I watched it back in high high school. Yeah, there's only like two, one, one or two seasons of it, but it was fun just to see a futuristic Batman hmm. and someone who's not Bruce Wayne and not you know like in the. It's just fun to see someone in the future take it over. But I guess we didn't even say what we were talking about. If you didn't realize we we're talking about the Batman at this point, I'm sorry. The title of the podcast is about the Batman and. It's Batman season. It is Batman season. But um, do we want to do like just kind of a a brief just overview of the movie before like we start like spoiling and go breaking down the movie and what we think about it? Um, I mean, we could, but like, I feel it's like that'll be, come. That'll yeah. just be like people. If you're not, if you're here and you haven't seen the movie, you don't understand what we're talking about. I don't know why you're listening because this movie's so freaking good. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say, I don't want to do like no more than like a couple seconds or minutes of a spoiler for your view basically to me i've never seen for a comic book movie alone i've never seen more of a true adaptation for a comic book character as well as an original story for a comic book character and i think this just people say the dark knight's the greatest superhero movie of all time i think this movie is better than that i'm gonna be honest i think it is yeah it depends on your point of view because like if you're going for like a true bat like as a, I think this is the also the most just beautifully like beautiful like piece of cinema 
in the super like from the superhero like realm genre yeah genre yeah i I don't want to call it a genre but like because it doesn't feel like it falls into that at all um because that's how just beautiful like just the beginning of the movie we'll we'll talk about like just at the beginning of the movie it's just like it just goes dc comics and it cuts black and goes batman and then it cuts black and then the movie just starts it's like it's no like epic intro music epic this it's just like well this is the batman this is the story it's it's funny you bring that up too because um like the marvel movies have like the marvel studios and like it flips through the comic pages the dc movies usually they like it says like dc and like it shows all the superheroes like superman batman uh flash green lantern wonder woman cyborg aquaman and then it might like show some other people but like it does like that whole it tries to do a marvel-esque thing where it's sort of showing all their heroes and letting you know oh hey this is a dc movie this one's like it's a movie and it's a yeah, Batman movie. I, I see. I'm going to have to watch it again before I officially say it's better than the dark Knight. but just like my personal, like, cause like obviously everybody has their own personal opinions and I'm sure there are film critics who like, cause you and I are like movie reviewers. Like we're not like, we don't know the inner workings of movies and stuff like that. Like we're not like well versed enough on that yet, but like we've like review movies. We're not like critiquing points. Like we have very amateur knowledge of everything, but when it comes to normal movies, Star yeah. Wars or Marvel DC. Yeah, I feel like we might be critics then. Um, yeah. But just regardless, but like just as a movie itself, like I, I go back and forth because I don't know which one's better. But I, I'm i leaning in the way of the Batman just because I like it feels more like a Batman movie than the Dark Knight does. Because the Dark Knight feels a little bit more like just a crime drama that happens to have Batman in it. But this movie is a serial killer movie that is about the batman <laughs> to the batman to the, the batman the killer's writing to the batman why is he writing to you does any of this mean anything to you well so i mean and that's just another thing too this isn't anything against the dark knight the dark knight i mean it's it's a perfect movie i i love it's, the yeah. dark knight i don't have any complaints about that movie at all it's just there's something about this movie that I enjoy it more than I enjoy The Dark Knight. That's not mm-hmm. to say I don't like The Dark Knight. I think it's a great movie, but there's something about this movie. Like, once we start breaking it down, it was within the first 25 minutes of the movie. Even the first scene of the movie. Yeah, we're I gonna... realized we're going to start we're going to start spoiling. So basically, if you haven't seen the movie, go oh. see it. Come back and listen to this because I think we we're, we're getting anxious to start talking about it and just break it down. So, do you want to sort of jump into it? Oh my god, this first scene put like so much more gray hair on my head. I was so stressed during it, dude. I okay. I thought I was slick too because I brought a notebook into the theater to write down notes, and I thought I was really slick because we the the movie starts out and we end up in the mayor's house. I thought it was slick because I read a news article that said Moroni drug bust. I was like, oh, that's a cool little like neat thing that they had in there. I'll write that down. It was like one of the main points of the movie, the Moroni drug bust. And I was like, damn, here I was thinking I was slick that uh, I wrote that down and I caught that little bit of information. You thought it was going to be an article. Easter egg. I did. I was like, oh, that's cool. An Easter egg. I was like, I, I saw that on the news article. So that's cool. It was not. But um, no. Yeah, it oh. opens up and it's at the mayor's house. and. The first character the, you see of the main characters is not the Batman. No, the way that they set that up too, I didn't expect. I didn't expect it to happen the way that it unfolded. The mayor's on the phone and he's talking, 
and like they have it perfectly where it's like the character who is behind him his silhouette is in the shadow basically of the mayor and the mayor walks off screen on the phone talking to someone else and the riddler is just standing right behind him with his mask on and it's it was like dead silent too as well there was no music there was nothing it was just it, it sounded like it sounded like like the sound of like blackness, just like black sound, silence, just terrifying. It's, quiet, it's like your like quintessential fear as a child of like you're home alone. It's well, because like it's like it's dark and like everyone thinks there's a serial killer in their house. Like when they're young, like oh my god, someone must be here. It's really dark and scary, and it actually happens in this movie. I I saw that and immediately my heart rate just like shot through the roof. I was like, yeah. Oh my god! And and then at that point, I was just waiting for him to kill the mayor because I was like, "Yeah, well, shit, the mayor's gonna die here." It's like it's, I'm like, well, he's not like about to be like, "Hey, how's it going?" He's gonna murder him, and oh, did he murder him? Yeah, when the Riddler killed the mayor, oh. like, I was waiting for him to do it, and the scream was like, oh, and then the the like music, like it does like a oh, John Hant, not John or. Yeah, Alfred Hitchcock, not John Hancock. Alfred Hitchcock, like psycho type of thing. Where I was like thinking of like dun, dun, and like they're in the yeah. shower, and I thought of that type of music, and it's just him like beat bashing him in the head with a carpenter's tool. I was like, oh yeah. They did a great job though with that scene for setting the tone for the movie. Like they're like, this is not a normal superhero movie. No, it well because like I read something on uh, read just like a little non sequitur, but this. Some guy on Reddit was like, yeah, I was leaving the theater and these little seven-year-old kids were running in with their parents like, we're going to see the Batman. And the guy was like, oh, my God, if those parents didn't take their kids out of that movie in the first five minutes. Because <laughs> <laughs> it only oh, gets worse from there. <laughs> it only gets, dude, I was like, I like I said, I don't know, I, I said this to you, but like. I was so like after this first scene, it just set the tone for the rest of the movie. I was so sweaty because I was so on edge, like all the time. Whenever like the Riddler was around, I was just like, "Mother effer, I am uncomfortable." I. Well, that's another thing too. Like this whole movie was just so anxiety inducing. Oh. Like it was just, and I, I think that's one of the things too. Because I mean, with the movie The Joker. Going into that, I knew it was going to be like a mental health film and about a guy who like gets put down a lot and you see his sort of evolution in into madness and becoming the Joker. I did not expect this movie to be like the tone it was, where it was like a psychopathic, deranged killer who's just a complete madman. And he's just bashing a dude in the head and being as creepy as he can possibly be. That scene just scared that opening scene, it, I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> this is well, like. It was, it was just terrifying because you're just watching his eyes as the mayor's is walking in front of him. He's just silent, just like through like the through the mask. You see his eyes watching him. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I low-key had nightmares last night after it. Um, I was asleep and um, um, I was sleeping at my girlfriend's house and my feet were um out from underneath the covers but i was like looking into the shadows i'm like bro really might be there and i just like quickly like pulled my feet underneath the covers i'm like nah i'm messing around with that i could see him doing some like crazy trick where he's like those like big like scissors that like medical people just like 
cutting freaking toes off. Yeah, I was like, well, because we'll, we'll, we're gonna get, we're gonna, yeah. So let's just keep rolling through. But that opening scene, yeah, it just it it's a completely different tonal shift from not only like superhero movies, but for Batman movies as well. Like the Batman Begins, The Dark Knight the dark knight rises they never set the tone like that like the dark knight set a great tone for the crime Crime movie yeah yeah it set it where it was like robbing a bank but there's twists at every turn like every step of the bank heist that goes on there's always a twist that happens and it was just sort of like you're on the edge of your seat like what's gonna happen next this you're on the edge of the seat like what's gonna happen next in the sense what's the next crazy thing that's like going to unfold in the story? Not similar to like the dark Knight, in my opinion with that. Before we continue any further, cause like, I think the opening scene of the Riddler sets him up perfectly and the opening scene of the Batman sets him up perfectly as well. My, the one thought I had the entire time watching this movie, I'm like this movie is just violent and brutal. Like brutal was the one word I can use to describe this movie. Not like in a bad way, but like just the violence, the mm-hmm. just, ugh. Well, so I wanted to jump into that next thing then. So the introduction then, because we get the introduction for the Riddler. So then we go to our protagonist, the Batman, and we see what's going on with him and like where we're starting out. So we knew going into this that he was in, it was like year two of Batman, which I think I love. And I want to get into this after we start talking about like the movie and as it goes on. But um, we sort of hear how Bruce has been, how it's been for being the Batman for two years. and. <laughs> He hates it. He's like, he, just, he questions it. He's like, I don't even know if what I'm doing has an impact on the city, to be completely honest. I felt like I was reading a comic book, though. I was like, this just feels like you're like hearing his internal dialogue in his head. Yeah. And like, it's just him journaling it down. <sighs> well, I love how he's like, the people are afraid of me. Like the criminals are afraid of me. The people that I like take into jail and like beat up, they are terrified of me. And then he has that line where he says, I am the shadows. I was like, this is it. I love it. I'm already yeah. hooked. Yeah. He said that and I was like, God damn it. This is so sick. But yeah, I mean, they already set up the internal conflict for him like right away where he's talking though. And like, you, see, I thought it was interesting that he has a journal too, that he writes down like his experiences as the Batman so far. And I'm just thinking, because it, it started the movie starts out on october 31st halloween night so Long halloween baby exactly and this takes a lot of inspiration from that as well um but i mean it's just nice to see that internal conflict that he's having already and i'm just thinking because the journal is labeled year two and then i think it might have been like the month of october for the pages that he writes but um i'm just sitting there thinking oh my god every night he's out on patrol just filled with notes of just like thoughts that he's going through because it makes sense that he has to nobody can relate to what he's doing no nobody normal, can normal people don't do that yeah but um so we get introduced to him and like just his like what what he's going through but then oh, you know, also get we also get introduced to somebody else and it's not a person but it is a place bro gotham city is on it's it's so perfect I would, I think it's hilarious that it's always raining there, but that besides that, it is so perfect. Oh my god! I, told, is... I texted you like because I didn't because I, I saw this before you, and I didn't. I really wanted you to go into it with like no idea, but I was like, it really feels like Matt Reeves 
sat down and read multiple, multiple Batman comic books and really got a feel for not only who Batman is, but what Gotham City is as well as a setting. Like Gotham City, we've we've never seen a better depiction of Gotham in than this movie. Like the Tim Burton, um, all the other old Batman movies in the 90s or in the 80s and the Dark Knight. 89 did a really good job of it. I think it did. Honestly, I think 89 did a better job of depicting Gotham than the Dark Knight trilogy did. Notwithstanding the narrows, I feel like if they stuck more at the narrows, they would have nailed the Gotham feel more. But mm-hmm. I agree. But with this, Gotham just feels like dirty, grimy city. There's nothing that's like good about it. And that's how I always pictured Gotham in my head when like whenever I read a Batman comic, I just sat there and I thought, why the hell do people want to live here? Like, it's not a good place to live unless if yeah. you're super rich. Yeah, I agree. So I, you're, you're correct. Like the introduction of just Gotham city and like there, he's riding on that motorcycle and they go, they cut back to like the specific like loop that he goes on that uh, motorcycle where it's at like an angle of the city and like, it has like billboards and everything up, but it's just beautifully crafted. Just like the way that like they try to introduce you and like, you sort of just like go throughout the landscape, but the first yeah. fight then with Batman against the thugs. Oh my God. <laughs> he just uh, was like, I do not care for like being gentle or like getting information. He just beat them up to beat the hell out of them and install the living, the fear of God in them. Yeah. I was, I was very uncomfortable watching that all play out because he just brutalized them. Yeah. I just I I loved that. I was like, because we already knew how the combat was going to be from the trailers. And I had been saying, like, it feels like a very brutal, violent Batman. But it's just it was the way that the combat felt in this and like his demeanor going up to it. I want to talk about this too at another scene. But in this scene specifically, I don't know what they did. Okay. The sound design for this movie was on another level the way he's walking up to fight these thugs Mm -hmm. and the boots are on the ground like walking in the rain puddles and it's just like a slow footstep footstep sound of him going up and like dead silence but you just hear his boots his tims i don't know what he's wearing yeah it was just amazing like i didn't think that sound that like the sound crafting without score like score itself is a beautiful thing that just like elevates a movie, but the sound design as well takes it to a whole nother level. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, it's, Oh my God. Well, we'll get to the sound design when we talk about yeah, the, the one scene. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, I, oh, <laughs> I was very, very happy when that happened, but um, I, okay. There was, I'm not going to lie. Like, just like in general, I thought they were setting up Robin at two different points in the movie. First point after like they find that the dead um, mayor and like Batman shows up on the crime scene. You see how GCP does GCPD does not trust him. Also Pete Savage is the commissioner, not Loeb who we thought was thank God they didn't <sighs> recast Loeb. There's always only one Loeb in our hearts. Shout out. Shout out. Commissioner Loeb. Yeah. Um, and like, they don't trust him, but like, the kid looks at 
Bruce, or, um, Batman and Batman looks back at him because then he looks at him again during the funeral for his dad and mm-hmm. he looks at him again. I'm like, dude, is this, is he, are they setting up a, a Robin here? But then I was like, then they didn't. It's like, oh, Bruce is just related to him because he saw his parent. He, he was yeah. the one who found his dead dad, which is sad. And then I thought when the free, scene, when, they, when he beats the piss out of these guys on Halloween and there's that one kid who's just staring at him and he just runs away. At first I was like, oh, this kid's going to be, he's like, this could be totally someone he pulls in as Robin. It doesn't happen. But regardless, I could have seen that being like a Jason Todd type of Batman because Jason Todd like gets introduced and he's trying to take the wheels off the Batmobile. And that's how like, yeah. we first get introduced to him in the comics. I could have seen something like that as well happening. But I guess I didn't really think with the kid, um, the kid being Robin, because that's the next thing I want to talk about is. So we finally get to the crime scene then of the death of the mayor and just like the way they have it laid out and. I love how Gordon invited him to the crime scene and all the cops at GCP are like, what the hell is he doing here? We are not letting him come in. Yeah. You know, my favorite cop was in the movie. I love Gordon outside of Gordon Martinez. Is he the one with the mustache? Yes. I love that guy. I, I love Martinez. I loved him later at the mayor's funeral. Where he's like talking with Gordon and he's like, Hey, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> it's like so this first is my like, guy because at first he's like if the, he's like batman what do i want him to do here and then at the end of the movie like because when batman's in that one place and then he walks in and he's just like he's like what are you doing here and then he just looks at him, he's like whatever <laughs> he just lets him in it's like yeah. a little brief interaction that those two have i thought i i saw him and i was like i like this cop i hope he makes it throughout the whole movie <laughs> yeah martinez is my guy shout out but the way that they like lay out the crime scene and just Batman does like his detective work and they're the cops are trying to figure out how he got killed and like what happened exactly. And Batman provides like a bit of information where he's like his thumb was already cut off before he was dead or something. Or I don't remember like how yeah. that, he had said something. was like his thumb was already cut off before like the last because like, of the laceration wound and the cops like would not have gotten that without him. And I just. I think that's amazing then because like you're finally introduced to Batman being a detective. Yeah, it's it was just because he looks, he's like his thumb was cut off before he's dead. I'm like, how do you know that? <laughs> I love that. I was just like, yeah, Batman absolutely slinging it, knowing 100 percent what's going on here. Well, because this is when this movie got like just like it became the Zodiac killer. It's like he left a cipher and it's like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Yeah. No, that was, I don't remember what the riddle was for that exactly. Like, I remember like how um, they solved the cipher for it, but I don't remember what, because all of the Riddler's riddles in the movie are then like left in like cards, like little like greeting cards. Yeah, it was, oh, I don't remember what that one was, but we get introduced then to, to Pete Savage as well. Oh, Pete Savage. The big I'm not homie. sure who was he? Was he like? Was he the commissioner or was he like the com- captain? He was the commissioner. Okay. Commissioner Pete Savage. Yeah. He, I, I like the, how he and the rest of GC Peter, GC Peter, GCPD are against Batman. And they're like, he's working with the Riddler. Like, how do we not know that? He, Cause I mean, who in their right mind, that's another thing that I had a problem that I talked about with the dark Knight trilogy where the police are like fairly quick to accept Batman. Like within like the week of him becoming Batman, it feels like the first couple of days are like, eh, we don't like you. But then he helps save the city once like, all right, we like you. But this movie, like you see him like sort of earn his trust throughout the entire police department. And it's just sort of that foundational steps that he's taking and like actually doing 
good work for the city. But I, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say, oh, this happened over a span of a few days. And then I thought, yeah, he's been Batman for two years at this point. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing, though. So it's been two years and they still like do not like him whatsoever because it feels like they still need to arrest him or whatever. But they just like, yeah, we can't because we need your help. But exactly. Um, I I really enjoyed that. How like Gordon already has that like mutual trust with him. And he he's like, I, I don't even know who you are under there, but I trust you. And I just think that those two have like a great dynamic that it's already built and that this is the starting point for those two. And you already mentioned it then. Bruce looking at the son of the mayor, just kind of being like relating to him. And yeah, oh, my parents died. Your parents died. We should get a little club going together. A little book club. Yeah. Batman Incorporated. Uh, I also want to, I guess before we keep going through the riddles, if I was Batman, so many fucking people would have died. Oh my God, dude. (laughs) Yeah, if I was Batman, bro, that dude, spoiler, he's got the bomb strapped to his neck. He was dead at the first riddle. I was like, oh. I mean, I knew what it was based on the trailers. I knew what the answer was, but I was like, because spoiler all this later spoiler when i was like el ratalada when mm-hmm. you sent me that website i went there i got the riddle wrong right away yeah no it's i was like i don't know how batman's mind is this sharp and he's able to get these riddles i'm used to the riddles from batman like the animated series and like the like the old batman cartoons with the riddler where it's like easy for me to solve or young justice where he's like i am flora not fauna what am i i am shrubbery not grass i'm like oh you're a bush that's easy yeah. i want those riddles not these complex ciphered riddles i'm like oh my god how are you doing this yeah uh, yeah but, that uh, the da would have been toast if i was <laughs> batman um <laughs> but yeah no that was that was just like a little bit that i thought was funny but after this we see when mr pennyworth enters the scene and I will say, I love this take on Alfred. I do as well. Because I, in this universe, yeah. he doesn't get trained by Rachel Ghoul. He gets trained by Alfred. And he goes, because like, I read something, because there's a prequel book that apparently came out. And I was oh. reading the highlights from it. And apparently Bruce like traveled the world. He went to college in like different countries but in like the he go to the best school wherever for like criminology or like something like that he'd learn the country's martial art while he's there it's like he'd be in thailand he'd be studying there and he'd also be doing muay thai like in brazil and doing jiu-jitsu and then he'd probably doing wrestling in iowa <laughs> what book is this um it's a, i don't it's let me look for it i'll send it to you in a discord chat or whatever but um it, there's a it's a prequel book and it also talks about how like the the riddler was also at the it talked about how he was at the orphanage um prequel novel yeah okay so damn before that's the interesting batman, to know yeah here it's called before the batman an original movie novel that's um interesting i might have to like just look through it and see what the important things are because i that's cool that you mentioned that that like he gets trained but he like went all throughout the world to get trained and he's not trained by the league of shadows which I prefer now that I hear that I prefer that more than him getting trained by the league of shadows. Um, I don't prefer it more. I'm just okay with it because it fits. Cause then it gives like, it like makes it interesting. Cause like I, he's going to have to run into the league of shadows at some point. If maybe they exist. Then. Yeah. If they exist in this universe, maybe they don't. That's what I, this is, this is what I will give. Um, I think Marvel doing the whole multiverse. Cause I don't know who came up with the whole multiverse thing first, but like, 
the fact that I'm because like if this like if we, this was before like the multiverse or people like oh they're different iterations like if this was just like the accepted canon version of Batman I think I'd have a problem with him not being trained by Rachel Ghul in the League of Shadows but like since I know like this is just like kind of a part of the multiverse but like it won't probably be touched I'm just like I'm cool with it like it, it's like it's cool with me because it makes him closer with Alfred I don't mind it yeah I mean Alfred wasn't the he was in MI6 I want to say it was um, yeah so he like Alfred like is Alfred very, throws down. Yeah, he he knows hand to hand combat very well. So, but yeah, no, this Alfred feels very like physical, and their relationship does not feel like hunky dory, wholesome Hakuna no. Matata like the Dark Knight trilogy is. It's like you were just like he 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 loves Alfred, but like he's just so wrapped up in his own mission. And Alfred loves him too. Like you get that bit where uh, I mean, Alfred says to him, he's like, you're ruining your family or like, this is how you're like living up to your family's legacy. And Bruce is like, what I'm doing is my family's legacy. He's like, you're not my father. And you just see the pain like in Alfred. Uh, he's like, I'm trying. He's like, I'm trying to though. Like I'm doing my best. Like I'm not the one who's supposed to be here. Like I'm not supposed to be the father figure in life, but I'm the one you have. Yeah. Yeah, that just that kind of that stung a little bit, and I was like, "Ah, oh, Alfred." He said that, and I was like, "Dude, come on, don't hate yeah. on him." It's Andy Circus. Yeah, Andy's Andy's the man. He wasn't in the movie as much as I thought he was going to be either. No, he he wasn't. Um, Which I was kind of bummed, but I also didn't mind either. Yeah, I mean, like it's I'm never going to complain with more Alfred content, mm-hmm. but I'm also like. Unless he's just like not in it at all, but like he yeah. is in it, and it's also kind of cool. He's he's basically running Wayne Enterprises. <laughs> yeah, well, that and I thought it was funny that he has his own butler as well. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny too. I saw that. I was like, oh, this is some kind of like Inception thing we have going on here. But I mean, I I loved though because yeah, Alfred wasn't in it that much, but I loved that he was actually helping him solve the riddles too and like he was actually like making progress not just being like oh well maybe if you did it do this this might help he's actually like sitting down and he's engaged in it he's like doing it and he's like this is what i've uncovered so far with the cipher and this is how i think we should keep going about it and then he's like i've gotten rid of duplicates because we already know that if we find one of them that's the same as the other but we then find out that it's actually way that the the two decipher the riddle it's actually not supposed to go how they think it does so yeah no it was <laughs> well this is part okay this part of the movie is when i openly started laughing at one point when like so it, it's like the, the when it says drive and i'm like oh, i want I, I thought at first i was like oh he's gonna drive the batmobile he didn't um <laughs> I thought of the mayor's garage immediately. I was like, oh, what kind of car? What's in the mayor's car? <laughs> no, I was like, drive. I was like, oh, maybe he'll drive around. <laughs> That's not what I thought. This is, this is what I'm talking about. Like, when if I if I was Batman, everybody would be dead because I would have just been driving around in my car and then, like, why am I not finding anything? Um, nice. <laughs> anyways, dude, when he's just like, because like they find the car and like they see the cleavers on the tire and I'm like, Oh Jesus! Yeah. He's like, "What are you looking for? A USB port? Why are you looking for a USB port? Thumb drive?" And it's just the thumb, and I'm like, I kind of went like, <laughs> "That was hilarious." But then it was he was like, "It's uh, Gordon and Batman are like trying to figure out how to get the thumb drive decrypted, and it requires a finger scan." 
it's literally a thumb attached to like the USB yeah. drive. And I'm like, and what oh, did, um, Gordon had a line. He had a line. Dude, okay. Jeffrey Wright murdered this role. He did. He was really good. Like they're like right now, like my quintessential James Gordon was Gary Oldman. I think it's changed. I'm going to be honest with you. Like I love Gary Oldman. I love Gary Oldman. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I wouldn't disagree with you either though. I mean, like I, I all these performances in this movie, I think, were my favorite performances of any character. God, it's okay, bro. I'm looking at this bolded thing you have next. Well, the, okay, so do you want do you want to jump there right now? Do you have anything else you want to talk about about this before we move on? Well, just with the thumb drive, but I thought it was funny where Gordon's like all these because they scan the thumb drive and then you like we find out that the pictures of the mayor are like him with um some Russian woman and like he's actually cheating on his wife and he's not as clean as you think he is surprise surprise there's a politician in gotham who has his hands dirty no one would yeah. have ever guessed that yeah but um i mean it, i i know i'm making it a little sarcastic joke but i thought that was a great just like all right we're finally like getting in we're finding what's why was this mayor murdered and the story's starting to get unraveled and gordon's like how all these pictures are getting sent from my email address right now because they were plugged into his computer. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, no, here we go. Oh, you've but, been hacked. You've been hit with uh, the spam emails that I get at Whisk era UW all the time. Please click this link to recover your password that you lost. It's like, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, but I know I thought that like it, it just felt even like so intense to me. It felt so intense when like the emails got sent out. I was like, yeah, oh my God, this feels so intense right now. I'm like, should those emails have gotten sent out? I was like, oh my God, I just felt so nervous. But so then we find out, like, we're trying to find out who the Russian girl is in the movie. And we then get introduced to the best, <laughs> the best location of the movie. And we get introduced to the like of the stand. Okay. They're the stand up, the big three Catwoman, Batman and Riddler. Jaw dropping performances. However. This man, if he, well, I mean, okay, Paul Dano should be, Paul Dano should be nominated for an Oscar. And if he's not, like, that's just a crime. However, if best makeup and special and best makeup artist or best makeup, whatever, like practical effects does not go to this movie for what they did to Colin Farrell. Oh my God. Because Oswald Cobblepot was, he was oh, there. He came, he, there. He, did not come, he did not come to play. Colin Farrell, to me, he didn't give the best performance. Like, because you and I talked to him, I said he gave the best best performance. I think he gave the most standout performance. I didn't expect him to be as good of a character as he was going into the movie. Yeah. He, okay. Of all the of all the actors, like I saw them, but like they did such a good job with his face, and he didn't sound like Colin Farrell. I didn't like if like if I went to that movie blind and be like, who's that? Who's that guy that got as Penguin because he felt like the penguin like i didn't see an actor i saw the penguin no exactly so like just building up to the scene before we like even like get meet the penguin in the iceberg lounge and just like the whole vibe of the iceberg lounge and just like what the place is like this club where all these like cops politicians gangsters like all these people just like go there to hang out and it's a dirty place it's where you do where you go to do the dirty business you're like you want someone killed. You want to hire it out to somebody. You go to the iceberg lounge. You want to go party and club and take the most like disgusting drugs. And you'll have like the craziest trip of your life. You go to the iceberg lounge. 
Batman rolls up and he's beating the shit out of people trying to get to Cobblepot. <laughs> and <laughs> anybody, and he, dude, this is when I'm like, this movie is so brutal because he's just grabbing dudes. He's hucking bats at heads. He's dude, shooting dude. his his grapnel through the guy's leg and he's yanking him over. I'm like, oh my god, oh. he was so physical. And I love like Kinsey rolls up the cop Kinsey because you and I are obsessed with that clip that they released. But Kinsey rolls up and he's like freezing. He's holding the gun at him. Batman just chucks the bat at him and completely <laughs> breaks his nose. I was like, what the fuck are we doing right now? Yeah, I was like, this is intense. It was insane. But then so then we finally get introduced to the penguin Cobblepot. He rolls up and he's like, oh, take it easy, sweetheart. And the moment he said that, I was like, I I'm in love with your character so much. And he's like talking, he's like, Hey, you looking for me? And the, like the talking, he finally introduces himself and he's like, I'm Oz. The way that he just like holds like the superiority where he's like, you're in my den now, Batman, like you're in my wheelhouse. Like I control all the cards here. You came to visit me. Like, this is my place. Like you might have like the physical superiority. You might be like better than me at all of this other stuff, but you're at the iceberg lounge. Like this is my domain. Yeah. Okay. So like they, before this movie came out, they had announced a penguin spinoff series. And I remember like hearing them. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Like I'll watch it. <laughs> I <laughs> could not <laughs> wait to see the penguin series after that. I no, was like, I cannot <laughs> wait to see more of this man, dude. He was so, he was such God tier. Just like, I loved <sighs> the whole vibe and aesthetic of like the music that was playing as well in the club as like the type of music that they chose to play for the movie. I don't know what it was, but it was just hitting like so well. I was like, Oh my God, this is so, <sighs> it was just firing on all cylinders. But then just like, we finally get like behind the club and we're in Cobblepot's like wow and his like office specifically. He was giving me Tony Soprano vibes as well. Dude, I don't know. I had big Tony Soprano, like like evil Tony. Like when Tony gets like evil, like I was like, oh, this is evil Tony right now. And that's what I thought when I was watching. I was like, I don't know why, but you remind me of Tony. But anyways, it's interesting because this is their first like this is Matt Reeves has gone on to say that like this is the origin story for Batman's rogues gallery of villains. And we can talk about it as it goes on because this is the first we see of the Riddler and then a separate character that we'll talk about later. But then this is the first introduction that Batman has with the penguin as well. Cause Batman says like to Gordon, well, it's time for us to go meet the penguin or something. It's like, well, it's time for us to go talk to po- Cobblepot. So when they're having their interaction with one another and Cobblepot's like, I don't know who the girl is that the mayor is with. There's a lot of people that come through here. I'm not entirely sure. And they're just like sort of talking to one another and Batman like throws them up against the glass. And he's like, you need to tell me everything you know right now. That's the moment in the movie where I, where I sat and I was like sit, just watching and I'm like, damn, this is going to be better than The Dark Knight. And this might be the best comic book movie of all time. Yeah. Huh. And this is only like 20 minutes into the movie. I was like, this is insane right now. I'll say this like when we when like when they're in that because like when you're saying this i remember thinking back like i didn't feel like i was in a movie theater i felt like i was following on this journey i was like i don't feel like i'm in a theater i feel like i'm in a club right now the like the the rave dance music in the background all the people high on drugs and just being dirty citizens i have to give like such i can't praise matt reeves enough he did such a great job of like in capturing you and making you feel like they talk about how movies are escapism. 
I completely felt like I was in this world for the, for three hours. I didn't think about anything in the outside world. I was locked in for the whole time. I am so glad they let him make this like the, like there was, must've been little to no studio interference on this. I'm like the fact that they let this movie come out is like crazy because like Mm -hmm. this movie, like just like even like these, even like Warner brothers of like three years ago, never would have flown. No. Well, you can look at the track record for Warner Brothers DC, their last three movies, The Suicide uh-huh. Squad, Zack Snyder's Justice League, and Wonder Woman. All movies connected in a universe that are like, they're trying to compete with Marvel. This movie is nowhere near related to those at all. It's a separate movie in a separate universe on its own world, which they couldn't have done a better choice for that. And I have to give a round of applause to Warner Brothers and DC as well, because Warner Brothers is known for getting in the way of like their comic book movies. Hence Joss Whedon's justice league. It's a prime example of it. So like the fact that this movie, I have to give such a round of applause to everyone who made this movie. Like, it's just, I loved every moment of it and I was so locked in it, but, and this is, I mean, the iceberg launch, it just keeps me locked in the whole time. Like everything that just happened just kept me locked in. But while we're there, then we get introduced to, Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman, definitive Catwoman. Oh my god, not even, not even yeah. close. Like she was, she nailed it. Like I, she, I don't, was, she had that like feline, like sort of like femme or, fatale. Yeah, that she was giving off, and she was. I mean, like I'm not trying to objectify, but like she was sexy. She was badass. She was just exactly. She was, she was Catwoman. Like she was just. I, I loved her and like mm-hmm. so her, she walks into the room while Batman and Cobblepot are talking and like the way that like the moment those two like looked at each other is like oh, there's some there sexual tension right yeah. now yeah <laughs> because you and I have been saying to each other like dude Zoe Kravitz and Robert Pattinson are like they're together they're making out they are like all over each other because like this movie they have all of the tension in the world the posts they have together on Instagram are like this is so wild they're totally like i'm like this is just feels like like even pictures of them on like the whatever magazine you sent me today i'm like they just look like it's it looks like bruce wayne and selena kyle Mm -hmm. no it does it they those two i mean they're such a good and zoe kravitz is such a great foil as catwoman to robert pattinson's batman just like i mean how batman's still dark but he's doing the right thing like he has that dark demeanor to him but she's also dark as well, but she just does not care. Like she's not killing people, but she's also like, I'm here to save myself and only myself. Really. I want to like find my friend Annika, but then I want to, I'm leaving Gotham. Like, I don't care about the people, the city. I don't care about this whole Riddler murder crime case. Yeah. I'm finding my friend and relieving. So yeah. I, I thought just, and immediately like you can tell that Batman's just like, I know that they, they couldn't have set it up like more obvious that, she obviously knew something more about Annika than she was leading on. But like the way that Batman's able to like pick up on those social cues and like, he's looking at her and he can tell that she knows something that nobody else in the room knows. I just think that's also like what sort of elevates this movie even more with him being the world's greatest detective. He can like pick up on those cues while she's like sitting, looking at the pictures, looking at him. And then they just like do those subtle things where I'm like, okay, it's obvious that you're trying to make us as the audience know this, but I mean, in the setting itself, Cobblepot clearly doesn't know that you know her. Oh, yeah. So I, I just I love that little bit. But so then I think 
after that, like Batman sort of follows her back to her apartment and we sort of like see what she's doing and they have their interaction with one another. And he's like, who's Annika? We got to find, we got to find out more about her. And I don't remember because I, I sort of like went through my notes and like went through it again, but I don't know if this is exactly when the next death took place, but um, we get the most brutal and like violent and uncomfortable, not violent because we don't see this person die, but the most uncomfortable, disturbing Riddler trap that he has ever created. Yeah. Yeah. It's the one with Pete Savage. Yeah. That was just terrifying. I felt so uncomfortable. Like he has him on screen and he's sitting there with like the rats in the box and the tubes connected up to his head. I was sitting there and I'm like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Like I didn't know what was going to happen. And I was like sitting there with my hands on my head and I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. This is so terrifying right now. Yeah, it was. Cause like I was so sitting there, I'm like, am I gonna watch this guy get his eyeballs eaten out of his head? Am I gonna watch? Ah, uh, it was just so. To anticipate. Uh, I just remember watching. I was like, oh god, and then he died off screen. And that, at that point, at that point, I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I don't have to sit through another mayor one. I'm all right with this. It's good with me. Sweet, awesome. Catwoman goes into the iceberg lounge. I'm like, all right, whatever. Cool. Maybe we'll just start killing people off screen and I don't have to see it again. I mean, I know I wanted to see it again, but I really didn't because it's so scary. She goes into the iceberg. She goes to 44 below the real. I love that. That's the real iceberg lounge. Like she's like, oh, the iceberg lounge. Yeah, that's like a club. The 44 below is the club within the club. That's where everything actually happens. And that's where we're introduced to. The Roman. <laughs> Dude, the whole like aesthetic, like you get introduced to the Roman down there and like you just get the feeling like, oh, this is a completely different vibe that everything like the Iceberg Lounge that we just talked about earlier. How it's like this club party, like it's sort of just it's it has its own vibe up there. It's a front. Comple- it completely changes down below. You got the DA down there. You got all these cop, all these dirty cops down there. Yeah. You got Carmine Falcone, the man who owns the entire city down yeah. there with john Tur- uh, john turturro dude turturro he, he knocks can- it out of the park oh my god like everything i wanted from batman begins that guy john turturro gave and more he's just like hey sweetheart what are you doing down here i'm like oh this is so gross and scary like he's just like like just he's you i could feel like the oil like i could i was just like oh you look just you stink. I can smell you smelling like cigars, even though it's probably the guy behind me who stunk like cigarettes. There's a one point in the movie where like this guy behind us stunk like cigarettes and then the sun went away and then some guy fell asleep behind us and was snoring the entire movie. I'm like, I don't know how anybody fall, fell asleep during this movie because my heart rate was probably around 100 beats per minute the entire time. He probably goes on Reddit then and is like, this movie was terrible. I fell asleep during it. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah okay neck beard why don't you go and find your little discord kittens as well reddit mod jeez that's some hateful some ah, some venom yeah anyways um but I just love like, the, oh sorry you go um i don't remember what i was gonna say you go whoops well so like we when they're in the 44 blow and like she has those contacts and we're mm-hmm. and it's like sort of following her around and like he gets to see what she's seeing and i love it was like you need to keep looking at these people down here so i can make ids on them and she's like i can't keep staring at them they're noticing something's up and he's like 
keep looking at them. I yeah. need to know who's clean and who isn't. And I was just like, oh my God, please. I was I was terrified something was going to happen. And she has like that little bit with Gil Colson, which that dude felt like a fucking creep. Well, he's from House of Cards. He's the oh, politician. He? You remember he's the guy. I think maybe he's not. You should look maybe. it up. I'm because he re- at least he reminded me of the pop the guy in House of Cards who ends up uh um Spoiler he was House of Cards. Oh, that, this show came out a long time ago, but like when he died at the end of season one, right? Oh, he might have been actually. I only watched the first two seasons, so um, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you. But maybe I he's not. In, let's see what is it? Uh, House of Cards. Um. But anyway, I love it's so like with that, like eye contact stuff that the technology that Batman has, I love that the setup for it and just the way that, I mean, he has like all this advanced technology and it just, it feels weird just seeing him set up in like the apartment outside the iceberg lounge as he's watching it go down. But I, my favorite bit then is when, like you said, Carmine comes in and Selena and Carmine are like having that interaction with one another and it sets up the mystery where it's like what there's clearly some previous relationship that happened between the two. I love how Batman is like in her ear talking. He's like, you never said you had a relationship with Falcone. And he's like trying to figure it's like, what was, what happened between you and Carmine? I just loved like how immediately he was like, he had anger, like not even like, Oh, maybe you and Carmine like dated or something. It was like, you have a way in with Carmine Falcone. Like, what is that that you have with him? Like, I need to know um correction he was not in house of cards but he looks like the guy who's in house of cards the guy who's in house of cards i think was in ant-man but um maybe not i don't know i'm making shit up but um yeah that was i first i was like really uncomfortable i was like oh boy i don't know if i like this and then um (laughs) well dude this is when like oh my god so when they look like oh, the DA's dirty, I'm like, oh, this guy's toast next. I'm like, he's so dead next. And of mm-hmm. course, Selena's leaving and he walks. I was like, hey, do you want to ride with me? And then you go flash to the car and you see hear Riddler in the car. You're the breathing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, mother goose, I got to watch another on screen murder. And God, he gets in the car and it's just silent. And I'm like, uh, and then like he just like looks and then you see the Riddler just sit up behind him and I'm like, no, you know what I would have wished right now? What? I wished it didn't like when he's like, you want to ride and it cuts to like Riddler in the car because the way that they reveal when Coulson finds out that he's in the car and he looks over at the seat and he sees the headrest is down like in the seat next to him. I would have preferred to be like that. And then I'm like, oh, shit, Riddler's in the car with him right now. I would have preferred that just like for more like suspense. But I mean well see here yeah this, okay that's like an immediate suspense like oh shoot he's in the car but like i feel like you were dreading more him getting in the car because like it, it's true. I feel like it creates suspense in two, like it creates negative reaction to different ways there's like the suspense building of like the like the dread of like oh my god he's gonna get in this car he's so dead next he's so dead he's so he's toast he's toast why don't go to the car don't go to the car it's like you know like you're like you're screaming at the people in a horror movie don't go in there it's like Instead of like the quick jump, like, oh, shoot, he's behind him. Ah, it's like, I don't know, because I, I don't know. It's just I, I actually do agree with that. Now that you talk about that, I think I do. Because you're like you say with horror movies, like, why are you doing that right now? Don't do that. Stop that. And obviously, the characters don't know that. But within this, it's like, don't go to the car. Please don't go to the car. Gets too drunk. In the car. 
like you're, you're 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 on drugs you're drunk don't get in your car call an uber get a taxi gets clubbed in the car gets a gets a necklace put on him get some bling dude boy does he get some ne- bling he had <laughs> the biggest bling i've ever seen in my life he had that bling could get him into the Met Gala. Actually, no, couldn't. No, that bling uh, would not get him into the Met Gala. They would, that bling was a bomb. Him Im- they would have tackled him immediately if he was walking up like that. Yeah. So well, they're at the okay. When they're at the um the, when they're at the funeral for the, the mayor, and this is again where I was like, maybe they're setting up robin and then he looks at him and then he because like it's cool and bruce wayne looks at the kid and then the kid looks back and i'm like this kid totally is gonna figure out that this guy's batman like this is like that john blake moment where like doesn't make sense where he's like i knew you were the batman it's like we never saw the batman like this is like i could believe if that kid deduced he was the batman mm-hmm. like that, yeah. that would be the one believe i'm like okay i can totally see like he's like you're the batman he looked at me like that too I'm like i could buy that then it's just bruce being like oh man that i was that kid at one point but like because it was crazy like when he's going and you see the radical radicalized riddler people like riddler followers because like it makes sense he's like Mm -hmm. get rid of the crime and corruption and it's like well i mean all of the people who've been trampled on are probably going to follow this exactly i mean you have all these politicians and these cops and these people at such high positions and they're just completely abusing their power and they're like as long as if i stay where i'm at and i just keep making money i don't care what happens to you you have no impact on me you're homeless people who are part of the lower class economic class. I could care less what happens to you. And it's like, sounds yeah, like gonna... one Vladimir Putin. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's yeah, it's just, I, I saw that and like immediately. Cause like when you, even before, like we get into the, the room of like where the funeral is, like we're outside and you see like the posters, like people are holding like Riddler question marks and everything. I'm like, it's only been like two days and you people are already like supporting him. Yeah. Here we go. But I mean, those people might've not, they might've been supporting him for a while on his YouTube page or whatever it was. But I will, we'll get into that later. I really like that take. I do as well. Um, Cause boy, you got some crazy people out there. Yeah. Um, ISIS, ISIS recruiters. Um, um anyways, <laughs> um, uh, you kind of went a little ahead from where I was, but we get the first meeting then of Bruce Wayne, like Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne, Carmine Falcone, Oswald. Oh. Cause he see- Bruce sees uh carmine like walk out of his car and he's walking up to go into the uh the room of like the building over the funerals and he thinks he sees selena walk out of the car as well and he's trying to like catch up to see if he can find more information sorry i realized i'm not in front of you in the camera so you're probably looking at my mic um yeah he's walking up to go talk <laughs> i'm getting so excited and Cobblepot's like whoa, 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 whoa who do you think you are trying to come up to the roman and carmine's like Hey, whoa, this is the Prince of Gotham right here, man. You got to slow it on. This is Bruce Wayne. And we finally then find out we already saw it in a clip and we talked about it last week, I want to say, or maybe two weeks ago. But we find out that Carmine had gotten shot in the chest a while back and Thomas Wayne had saved his life, actually. And very similar to the long Halloween, again, taking inspiration from that. It's sort of like, uh, this is Bruce Wayne. Him and I like sort of have, I know him. He watched me get surgery done on me and he watched me almost die on a table at their, at Wayne Manor. But then also Carmen is sort of just like talking to Bruce and he's like, Hey, he just gives off the vibe. Like I'm I'm in charge. Yeah. Like I called you the Prince of Gotham. 
you you're the, you're a Wayne. We get it. The, your name has power, but I'm Carmine Falcone. I own the city. This is when the I had that moment where like if Bane is like, do you feel in charge? It's like this Carmine is in charge. Yeah, and it only becomes more apparent as the movie goes on. Like he, that man is in charge. Yeah, no, Carmine, and like you see Oswald. I, I love how like Cobblepot and them are like are all like sort of like friendly. It's like passive aggressive friendly. Like it's not like they're mean to him and they're not like oh we're gonna kill you or something. Like it's just like. Hey, Mr. Wayne, how you doing? I hope you're doing well. And they're kind of just like have like that. They just give off that demeanor that they're better than him and that they still control so much stuff. We're in the funeral. Then we get Officer Martinez. Shout out all my homies love Officer Martinez because we find out Gordon is like someone comes up to or Gordon goes up to the command, uh, the captain of the GCPD. And he's like, Gil Coulson never made it home last night. Like, what the hell? How did the DA not make it home last night? Like like Harvey Dark. Yeah, Yeah. I was like, I feel like this is the dark night all over again right now. Harvey um, Dent never made it home. (laughs) I I saw that and I was like, Jesus Christ, here we go again. Here we go. Round two. Um, But then the DA has gone missing in like every single Batman movie. They always do. It's just being a DA in Gotham is just there's no benefit to it. No, you really just never win. You either take the payoffs and end up with a bomb strapped around your neck or get killed by the people you're prosecuting. Or get shot in the shipyards. <laughs> it's just not a good job. But shout out to Officer Martinez while they're trying to like figure out what's going on with Gil Coulson. He's like, hey, Mr. Wayne. Hey, Mr. Wayne. He's like, bro, you hate me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But so then, I mean whoa where's gil colson he never made it home in comes a car barreling through get out of the car hands in the air i straight up felt like i was watching a saw movie then yeah like he walks out of the car we find out it's the da he has a bomb strapped to his neck and he's got a phone like duct taped to his hand his mouth is duct taped shut and he has like obviously that's the world's longest ringtone on a phone it seems like the phone did not stop ringing. Yeah, they, that, that call was going for a good four plus hours at least. But it felt straight out of a Saw movie where like, it's just he has that thing strapped around his neck. And I was just like, oh my God, I don't even want to know like what this crazy psychopathic riddle is going to be now. And I love how then the GCPD like have like that little, uh, what's the word for it? It's a bot. The- it's like an EOD robot. Yeah, they have like the EOD. It makes sense. It's the little things that just kind of like make it feel better. But then who rolls up? This is where sound design is so important. And like even the reveal out of the darkness, the boots. It was so good. Like it's just silence. And like you hear him walking out and I he answers the phone and it's the Riddler and this is again like we were talking about. Colson would have been dead immediately because we yeah. were able to save him. Yeah, I'm sorry, Colson. I really could not help you. Yeah, but I mean, them solving the riddles and just like how again, I would say anxious, but like edge of the seat anxiety building. They're trying to solve like they're solving the riddles, and the Riddler is like he's having a he's having a blast while this is happening like he's laughing and he's like you're almost there you have 30 seconds left to solve this last riddle i'm and sitting there the when rat, he said it's like he's like name who the rat is yeah because they're trying to find out like who the rat is and 
because there's the whole mystery of the city and like i mean you've seen the movie if you're listening this far in but so like just trying to figure out like who the rat is and like who sold out um i don't even remember now because i'm so sal did they sell out sal maroney yeah they sold out salvatore maroney yeah with the drug bust and i was like who did that so but and the da is like i am not going to tell and then dies (laughs) Okay, this is where I had a minor problem with the movie. I get they're keeping a PG-13 rating. I get that. If a bomb goes off in your face, like, he was right in front of the guy. The bomb goes off. A, there's no shrapnel in your face. B, there should be human matter on your face. They sprayed it off him. There was time in between the scenes. (laughs) Okay, 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 fine. They got a powerhouse. They got the fireman's truck yeah they just sprayed him down but that was if you told me two years ago we would see in a batman movie on screen pg-13 that a man would have a suicide like a suicide bomb strapped to his body and explode in front of the batman i would have told you that's never happening we even knew, like, in the trailer, like, you see Batman, like, getting blown back and a bomb exploding. And yet, still, as the scene was going on, I'm like, what is going to happen? Like, I was like, this guy's going to get blown up. But I was still sitting there just, like, I wasn't thinking that far ahead because just, like, the movie does such a great job just keeping you in your place. And, like, this is what's happening as the movie goes on. Yeah. I just loved it. But then when he wakes up and Batman wakes up from the explosion and he wakes up in GCPD. Here we, here we fucking go, man. <laughs> you and I love this scene. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I was confused when we first saw that scene. I'm like, why is it this odd sexual tension of Gordon and Batman whispering to the, who's a guy in there who does this, this, and that? I'm like, why is this happening right now? And then it makes sense. It's like, okay, so he, they, the cops all hate him except Gordon. So the mm-hmm. cops go out and he's just talking and he's like, Who's the guy over there? Who's the mat? Or who's the guy with the mustache? Who's the broken nose? The mustache. It's Kinsey's for narcotics. I'm like, because I remember watching the scene. I'm like, why? Like the the scene without context. I'm like, why is this happening? And then it makes sense. Yeah, because all the cops are like, they have to be quiet, you know, and like they obviously they don't want to get busted for like what their plan is. Yeah, but obviously Gordon and Batman are like, yeah, we're the only two people that are still like that we know 100 percent are clean in this like murder mystery that's going on this detective noir so when they're like figuring it out and like Gordon's like i want you to punch me and then run to the rooftop there's a door you can unlock you'll get out there and we'll like meet at the bat signal and then he sees kenzie come on and they have that whole bit from the clip which i love just (laughs) clocks gordon and this is where again look I love Nolan's Batman trilogy and I think like, yeah, he has, he's like the creature of the night and he's mystic and like, he's able to disappear. He's a ninja. He's an assassin. Like he's a ninja. He's trained as a ninja. Exactly. But like that, like it just felt like it was really early on in Batman's career and he was already like a master of this stuff and he was already just able to do it like at will. Yeah. With this, he clocks Gordon. He is sprinting through GCP to get out as fast as he possibly can. Those cops were running fast. <laughs> they were coming at him, and I was like, holy shit. And this is what I was saying with Dark Knight Rises. 
I love how Batman is public enemy number one. Like, I love the aspect of the police just chasing him down. And they're like, we do not like you. We want to arrest you. We want to beat the hell out of you. Like, we do not like that you're doing our job right now. I was just such a fan of that. But so he gets to the rooftop and I love the scene. You had a different feeling about the scene itself, but he sort of like zip ties up his suit. We get the wingsuit and he jumps off the building like a complete madman. Yeah. He starts gliding through the city. And I personally love the scene because I think it makes sense where it's like it felt exhilarating and realistic. Cause it's like he, you, you would need a wingsuit. I didn't. It feels more realistic to me than like what Nolan's was where it's like he's jumping off a tower in Shanghai or wherever in China and it's Hong Kong, but Hong yeah. Kong. And he's got like microfiber cloth that's able to keep him flying at like a hundred miles per hour. Like, okay. Um, I did. I was, I was, I, I was cool with it, but like, I was like, ah, I kind of like him gliding around, but then I sat and I thought about it for a little minute and I was like, you never see him gliding around in the comic books. Like this has just been like filled into our brains that he gl- like he jumps, but he kind of glides. But it's mainly like him just jumping and shooting a grapnel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and you don't even see much. Gra- Batman shoots more people with his grappling hook than he actually he, uses the grappling hook to get on top of buildings. Yeah, this. he's he's hooked, he hooked a few legs. <laughs> he does. Um, but I loved that. Like he was just like gliding through the city and then clipped by a bridge and just. Like oh. I, f- I was like, "Oh, you are gonna be in so much pain from that." He just like hobbles into the alleyway. He's like, he's like, "Oh, like, <laughs> I love that." Uh, <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Um, that, I was like, "Ow, that like that looked like pain." Yeah. Um. But so then we find out like through the previous riddles and everything, we have to find El Rata Alata, and they're like, "Oh, that means a rat with wings." Well, a penguin is a, has wings. Let's go talk to the penguin. And we find out that Oswald Cobblepot has actually taken over for the Moroni drug bust because Moroni was uh, dealing out the eyedrop drugs that we see in the 44 yeah. below. Like those are like the hard drugs that people are doing. And like that's like their source like of like ecstasy. Income. Yeah. Yeah. It like seems like it's like X or ecstasy because I know X is. A, I'm not saying I, I know. Of like party drugs. So. Yeah, what do you, well, you got? You got something to say, man? You got something to say? Oh my God. I realized I'm like, okay, this is going to sound bad. But like, it's like a party drug, it sounds like. And Oswald Cowput took over for like the Moroni drug bust, it sounds like. So it's just like, you, bu- you bust someone, but it's just going to find its way with someone else. Like, they're going to mm-hmm. find a way to keep making the money and yeah. keep that business going. So I was like, I just think like, yeah, they arrested Salvatore Moroni. But Gotham is always going to be dirty. It's always going to be like that kind of city where it's just gross and violent. But like, even with that, it's raining and got it's like raining at the the shipment yard. Consistently, it's always raining in Gotham. I don't think it was dry more than two nights. Yeah, and this is a span of like five nights. I want to say. Yeah, it was. It was a really long Halloween. So, but like, it's just raining, and we find out that. Batman's like sort of trying to find Cobblepot and like find a way to like interrogate him and find out about this and Selena rolls up and this is where it gets like fairly intense you were kind of talking before when we were chatting about the movie that like you were a little anxious and scared at this part so I'll let you take over for it well dude because like Selena shows up and she like she's pull she's taking the money from Penguin and she's bolting she's like I'm out of here like I gotta find my friend 
but they're just like opening the bags like it's money they grab it and batman's talking her also she opens it and her friends are dead and i'm just remembering the movie i was like i don't like this and she's sad and then it's like ah, and then the pain i don't know how it happens but then they get they, they get found by the penguin and the guys and they all get in their cars mm-hmm. and dude i I haven't had like chills in a movie since like Thor landed in Wakanda or um, when they all chart like caps as Avengers assemble. I, you hear the ro- like, this is the sound design part, the roar of the Batmobile you hear, Like it goes whoop. like my dream car up until this movie was a, a Tesla Cybertruck just because I loved it. And it looked like a Batmobile. I was like, oh, this could be like a real life Batmobile. I now on a 1980s Dodge Charger with armor plating and a the nice like hot rod vents on the front because holy shit i was in an imax theater for this movie and it was so loud it was like i was like oh this is badass and then some idiot mofo behind me is like yeah the batmobile um he starts clapping and i caleb looked around looked behind and i was like Oh my god, shut up, dude. Like, be quiet. I paid to watch a movie, not hear your reaction to things that happen in the movie. You're Marvel fans. Yeah, I was like, shut up, please. But the engines are revving, and that thing was humming. That was, that chase scene was, like, I have, like, it's easy to be critical of, like, chase scenes. Like, they're too long, like, Book of Boba Fett, don't even get me started on that. The the slowest chase scene in the history of cinema. But, um, <laughs> this chase scene was so intense because, like, Cobblepot is just racing away from me. He's, like, honking at cars, like, get out of the way, get out of the way. He's fitting the cones, like, in the media as they're, like, flying up. Like, they make that sound. It's like, yeah. I loved that. I was like, oh, it's so funny. But um yeah, it was so it was such an engaging chase scene as well. Like for how long it went on too. Like it went on for like I want to say three or four minutes. Yeah, it it went on for it went on for a decent while. Um but boy, when it ended, did it end? <laughs> oh, okay. I really wish that we didn't see like how that unfolded in the trailer like i get that that was a big marketing point for the trailer if i didn't see that in the trailer though and i saw that in the movie for the first time like there okay so when bat when cobblepot like does a little like ruse on him and he like crashes like the entire freeway and he's like i got you rolls through like the flames and batman just like completely decks his car and matt reeves has gone on to say that that was filmed entirely practically so like the car like flies in the air and like it's tumbling through like the freeway that was all done practically shout out not like a marvel movie where it's like oh we need to find a way to use the most cgi known to man it's like okay let's do some practical effects here let's they cg did that. tony stark suit yeah exactly it's like come on let's do some practical things here but they do that the way that they launch that car and like the the pov shot at the end of the batmobile as it swings around and does like a fish tail mm-hmm. and the car flies over the the cinematography at this point like we'll get to it because there's one part where it's goddamn gorgeous but like it was beautiful at that part but then you see cobblepot and he's like hanging up he's like upside down looking at batman like walk out and the the theme music is playing the sound of his boots walking through the water the slow footsteps and it's like done dun 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 michael giacchani or however you pronounce G- his last name giacchino 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 
I don't know. I'm bad at names. Michael G. Giacchino. Giacchino. Give him an Oscar. The score, beautiful. It was so badass watching it was him walk so up. so orchestral. And, it was. And, like, he's sitting upside down. Like, you see him walking up. And then you see, um, sorry. Um, you see him walking up and, like, when Batman, like, bends down and he's, like, looking in, he's just, like, it, I just loved it. Like, he, like, bends over and he's looking at him walk up. I'm, like, oh, my God, this is so badass right now. Um, <laughs> Do we need to take a little break? Sort of, like, take a breather? We've been rolling for quite a minute here. No, we're good. We're good. We're good. Um, okay. We can keep going. Okay. Um, I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm good. I just want to keep ripping. I do, too. But, yeah, no. That, like, the cinematography, like, I when you and i watched the the second trailer at the dc fandom you were you were uh having a darty when the second trailer came out but so the second trailer came out and like you were geeking out when you finally got to watch it but like the shot of him walking up to the car like the flames behind him the sound of the boots the sound of the boots dude i can't get over it like i can't it was I so can't. good the boots the boots are what did it for me i dude but this I, is when, like, I, the, next, the next part of this movie where, like, where they, like, he, Batman and Gordon have Penguin, and they're, like, questioning him. And then they go on the, he's like, Rata Allah. This is another part where I was one of the only people laughing at this one. Like, it's like, El Rata Lata. I don't know. How, what, what is it? El Rata Alata. El Rata Alata. El Rata Alata. And then Penguin's like, El Rata Alata. L? It's not L. It's La Rata. No hablo español. And like nobody laughed. And I was like, <laughs> it was really funny though, actually. And it's like, he's like, am I the only one here who knows the pronouns for L and La in Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. But then this is like where it's freaky. It's like, because then he, like, the Riddler names Bruce Wayne as his next target. And he's like, oh, I forgot, I forgot about this. Well, it's because he's like, oh, no, 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 yeah, no, it happens because they got to go to um, the orphanage. He's like, what it, what am I if I well, he he gives a riddle and it's an orphan. It's like, well, I know where to go. And then they go to the orphanage funded by the Waynes. And oh, my God, this is another sequence where I was just sitting there and I was like, I don't like this. This is freaking me out. Um, yeah, no, it was uncomfortable, too, because like. The whole like it's a dark like it was dark. Gotham like has like lights around it, sort of like it feels like a dark city. This is just dark. Yeah, it's a house it was, in the woods. <laughs> yeah, it was a house in the woods, and boy did it give off that vibe because when they get in and like they, they're walking through, and it's like it's him and Gordon. I love how it's him and Gordon. It's like buddy cop. I love Jim. I love Jim Gordon. I love Jim Gordon. I'm like I watch Batman Year One, and in that I'm like Jim Gordon is the man. I love Jim Gordon. He's Even lieutenant though- in this too. He's not commissioned. I mean, he's still. He always starts out as like lieutenant. Yeah. Well, he lieutenant was a sergeant and um begins. Oh yeah, he was a sergeant to start out and begins. Then he was lieutenant and then commissioner. Yeah. Ah, uh, shout out man rising but, to the ranks. What a legend. Yeah. But yeah, so like you were saying, so like they're walking through the orphanage. And then the crackhead pop. Well, this guy pops out and they're like, hey, and they chase him. And I'm like, oh, my God, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And then it's a bunch of meth heads in a closet. I'm like, oh, man, (laughs) I was nervous. I was like, there's going to be some like 
axe that comes flying. They're going to hit like a tripwire and an axe is going to come flying through or something or something crazy is going to happen. That's going to be scared. someone hung, strung up dead. I was like, at this point, like, I wouldn't be surprised if we just saw a dismembered body. Nah, no, it was, it, it was terrifying. But then it's just like, we find out they get led to like a room with a projector in it. And you see Thomas Wayne's, uh, cause he used, he was running for mayor before he died. And you sort of like find out the Waynes aren't as clean as we think they are. Thomas Wayne and Martha Wayne are a little more dirty. Like we'll get more into like the backstory between the Waynes and the Arkham's and Falcone and Maroney, like sort of like what, like the whole, the whole plot of the movie hinges on like why the Riddler is starting all of this. Yeah. But, um, we sort of find out then cause the Riddler says like, my next target is going to be Bruce Wayne, the sins of your father. And you're you have to repent for them. Like you, they've caught up to your family name finally. So yeah, it's always like the it's like I don't know where it comes from. I think it's in might be in religion where it's like the son pays for the sins of the father. I and that's something else. I don't remember what that there is like it was some type of media reference where it's like when will we finally get to the day and age where the sons don't have to pay for the sins of their fathers? The son pays for the sins of the father. It's from Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel, I think. Shout out Ezekiel, spitting facts and stay one with my homie, Jesus. Oh, wait, maybe it's Deuteronomy. Shout out to Deuteronomy, spitting facts. Deuteronomy 2416. Father shall not be put to death because of it. Oh, wait, never mind. It's in the Bible. Whatever. (laughs) It's in the Bible. So you can go read that if you want to go find out about it. Go read that book. I hear it's really, really philosophical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, this is when like you see actually see the first Batman disappearance, like when when they're in the orphanage, and then like Gordon turns looks and he's gone. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Actually, yeah, he's just like completely off the screen because Bruce Wayne's been named next, and this was this was done beautifully. I'll let you take over, but this the way that they revealed this was done perfectly. Well, because like so you see him hauling ass back to Wayne Tower. And he's like calling off. He's like, pick up, pick up, pick up. And like, you see, and then it flashed to Alfred. Like he gets a package and he's like, oh, and he looks at it, it says to the Batman. And then he like, he opens, does he? Oh, no, he doesn't know. Bruce Wayne. It says to Bruce Wayne. Wayne. And then it's a C4 thing. It says fireproof. And then he's like, Alfred's like, oh shoot. And he throws the, the thing and it explodes. And there's a thing. And then the lady answers. And he's like, I need Alfred. There's something terrible is going to happen. And she's like, it already has happened. And in this one, I'm, I'm like, is she working for him? I thought the same thing. And then it's like, it happened an hour ago. I've been trying to get in touch with you. And you're like, no, he's too. That's the worst thing. It's like, he's too late. I, my jaw like completely dropped where it was like, I've been trying to reach you for the past hour now. And you see the Batmobile come up into frame where he can finally see Wayne tower. And the smoke is coming from like the top floor of like where uh, Wayne Manor is or where they're staying. I was like, Oh uh, my God. In my head, I was like, Alfred's Alfred's dead. He's yeah. dead. He, I completely thought that he was gone there. Like we didn't, I didn't think he survived that, but yeah, I, I honestly, like I kind of did have it problems. Like, <laughs> he only checked the package of C4 like six feet away from him. Like he probably should have been dead. This is the universe where they have immunity to bomb explosions. Like if you're not like directly on top of the bomb, you're probably okay. Yeah. If the bomb isn't strapped to your neck, you're going to survive. That's my assumption in this universe. Now you have to have the bomb strapped to your neck to die. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone else is safe. But, um, 
I, I wrote this as like a little funny side note because like Bruce gets like the reveal for everything. Like the Waynes are dirty. They're not as clean as they, as he thinks they are. His father might've been more of a criminal than he was hoping to find out about. So he's like trying to solve this mystery and he's trying to solve the Riddler's riddles. I wrote this down in the movie. He's spray painting the freaking floor and like writing down the riddles on there. I'm like, just use tape. Just find a wall and use some tape and like paper. You don't need to spray paint your floors and ruin them. That's perfect hardwood floor. That was, that was stone. That was some nice gothic stone. Yeah. I, it just irked the hell. I was like, come on, Bruce, you moron. Those are some like handcrafted stone floors you have there. Yeah. Well, then like, they end up on the rooftop. Well, so Batman then goes to meet with Catwoman because she she has like more information about like what's happening and she has she wants to give him some backstory on like Carmine Falcone, but like we see Batman and it's that shot from the trailer. From the trailer. Oh, so them next to each other. God, they're just well, and before that as well, because he's on there before she is, and it's behind his back with the cowl on, and you're looking at the city. Yeah. Oh, that was cool. That was such a be- the cinematography of this. Like, this is the most visually aesthetic appealing movie of any su- of any superhero movie. And this is yeah. by the same person who did the cinematography for Dune as well. Really? Yep. Ooh. So coming off of that movie, he I mean, also did Mando. I think. I mean, come on! Like this dude is hitting home run. I know he did Dune because I've been hearing everyone else talk about it. Mando. I did not know, but. I mean, if they don't get this guy for the Batman sequel, I don't want um, it. Greg Frazier. Yes, he did Dune, the Batman, um, uh, Zero Dark Thirty. It's another beautiful, beautifully shot film. Um, Star Wars. I'm pretty sure he did. Yes, he did. He served as DP for Rogue One. He was, yeah, maybe just Rogue One. Bring me Greg Frazier or bring me death for the Batman sequel. Yeah. This dude carried the film. I mean, he didn't care. I mean, the whole movie didn't, it didn't need to be carried, but like the cinematography, the cinematography elevates it. And like, it was just, he carried it like so hard with how beautiful the shots were. It's just like that rooftop and whole aesthetic, like next to the bat signal. I loved, but we get like some interaction between Batman and Catwoman. Again, another long Halloween reference. We find out that the relationship between Celine and Carmine is she's his daughter. And mm-hmm. he banged some chick at the iceberg lounge of the 44 below. She gave birth. Selena then finds out that it's his dad. And she, Carmine doesn't know that because at first, like when I was like going through it, I was thinking how, cause Carmine like gives up the interaction when they first meet. Like, oh, hey, I don't see you around here that often anymore. And I was like, and I go back and I think about it, like, does he know that Selena is his daughter? But then when she interacts with him again, the second time when she's about to kill him later in the movie, he's like, she's like, hey, dad. And he's like, what? She's like, yeah. do you remember blank? I don't remember the name. Like, I think blank Maria. Kyle. Or, yeah, um, Maria Kyle. Yeah. It's called Maria. Maria works. I don't remember. Melina. Melina. No, sure. not Melina. It's Selena. There's no way it's Melina. Melina and Selena. Yeah, but we'll just call her Maria. She's like, do you remember? So I don't think that he knew that she was his daughter, but I think he was kind of like, hey, you're a good looking girl. I'd like to see you in the in the back a little late. That's dirty. <laughs> That's uh, not right. Well, I, it's Carmine Falcone, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's still just 
Yeah, yeah it's gross to think about, but I mean, it's Gotham City. <laughs> it's Gotham God. City, man. They do everything in Gotham. They do drug busts. They're all dirty politicians, incest. They got it all. <laughs> I'm joking. Yes. But, um, but yeah, this is another big part of the movie comes out and you're like, wow, and this is when mm-hmm. they departed from something I thought they had set up. I'll let you um, keep going. You oh. know, this, I, I love this bit as well. I think I thought it was great, but because so Carmine's talking about how like when right around the time his parents got shot, it was his father's running for mayor and this news was coming out about how um uh his um 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 Martha, Martha Wayne was she had some mental health problems and she was in and out of a mental health institution and the, Thomas Wayne didn't want this to get out because of how bad it would be for the, the this is how Carmine's portraying it mm-hmm. so he had he talked to Sal Maroney and Sal Maroney he's like I need you to get rid of this guy like I need you to scare him and then no, the guy wait. wait Thomas says that to Carmine because oh. there was the the reporter had information. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, Martha, yeah, yeah. Um, like apparently Martha might have like killed someone at the Arkham Asylum Hospital because Martha is actually Martha Arkham. And yeah. it's Thomas Wayne and like the, the Arkhams and the Waynes are the most powerful people in Gotham. Yeah, I, I spaced on that because he went to Carmen and said, I need you to get rid of this guy. So they kill the reporter. And that was a hush reference because they're like, hush. It's like Edward mm-hmm. Elliot is like, well, his name was Thomas Elliot. Wait, no, mm-hmm. Thomas Elliot's his son. Right? What's the uh, name? What's Hush's Hush? name? Uh, Hush's name is Thomas Elliot, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it was Edward and then they say Hush on the screen really loud. And I was like, or like he says Hush. They wrote like, it on oh, the paper, yeah. I'm like, ooh, that's uh it's a it's a hush reference there. Again, Matt Reeves did his homework. He came into this movie and he did his homework for it. Um oh, excuse me. But yeah, the, Carmine was like your dad came to me and he said he wanted me to put the fear of God into this man and he wasn't taking it. So I just had to put him down. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I feel like Thomas Wayne wouldn't agree with that, but um, we'll just have to find out. And, um, and then where Carmine puts the twist on it, where he's like, then Salvatore Moroni was afraid that I had dirt on Thomas Wayne then because I killed a man for him. So he had your parents killed. Yeah. I loved that twist because we never find out then who actually who actually killed his parents. We never actually find out who actually killed Thomas and Martha Wayne. But I kind of like that twist on it where it's like Salvatore Moroni was afraid that Falcone would have the upper hand on him in like the, the mobster business. So he had to get the Waynes killed to like level out the playing field even more. Yeah. Yeah. Um <sighs> Yeah, it's just it was, in this moment you're like, oh god, this city is just dirty. It's gross. It's disgusting, but I love it, and I love that like they sort of focus on um, Martha Wayne, Martha Arkham, that she was Martha Arkham before she married. Um, but she, like you said, she was an asylum patient at Arkham, and you sort of see like if she was struggling with mental health issues, like it kind of, I mean, not to state the obvious, but like it sort of passes down with Bruce Wayne, like. Yeah, he dresses up as a bat and like he has like that like crazy mindset, but it goes more than that. He he's unhinged, but it goes even more than that. Like you can see like the social cues of him when he's talking with Mayor Real or Mayor Elect Real. Um, 
when he's talking with Alfred, just like his mood and his demeanor, he has like some sort of like, it's, it just doesn't feel like he doesn't feel like a normal person. Like he, he's got something about him. He's got this crazy mission of being the Batman. And I love that you can sort of just like sort of pick up on it, but I love that it kind of like talks about like the mental health issues and like how Thomas is like Thomas Wayne is doing anything he could to like protect his wife. And like, he doesn't want like the negative light shed on. And it's kind of like, well, we don't want like anything bad to happen to our family. Cause Thomas is only trying to protect Bruce and Martha, but Carmine took it the other way and was like, ah, I'm going to kill this man. And he, Carmine clearly did it as a power grab to have control over Thomas Wayne. Yeah. He's like, I've done this for you. Now you gotta, but I mean, it doesn't make, didn't make it that far. Cause in Sal Maroney's like, well, I'm put a cap in the ass. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is where they also dig into the point where, um, like, I guess the truth comes out, like, cause Bruce and Alfred have their scene. Bruce is in the hospital. He's like, you lied to me. Oh, this is what, well, this is where I thought they, like, cause at first of them, like the Waynes were dirty. I'm like, maybe like Riddler's going after the court of owls. But then as the movie was going on, I was like, this wouldn't make sense if he was going after the court of owls. Cause the talent would have killed the Riddler by now. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I was like, okay, well, they're not doing court. Maybe I'm like, oh, Darren, they're not setting up court of owls. Hold that for later. Yeah. We'll put a footnote. Um, yeah. Put a pin in that. Um, and he's like, he's like, you're, he's like, yes, your father went to Carmen in a moment of weakness. He felt awful about it. He only did it to protect your mother and you. He didn't care about himself. He just, he did not want that pain for her and he did not want that for you. And you're like, oh, Thomas Wayne was a good man. Yeah, Thomas wasn't like, I want this guy dead. He was just like, I want to intimidate him. I want to pay him off, but he's not accepting it. Can you just like talk to him and make it so like my family doesn't get completely destroyed? Like they're going to like uh, in the Dark Knight Rises, it's like they're vultures. Like they just come in and like they feast off of the rich, like after they've been completely destroyed and like their lifestyle has been taken away. The same thing would have happened in this movie where like the the rich in this scenario because with we could we need to get into the renewal fund as well in just a moment but like they would have completely feasted on the wains they would have had a heyday like ah oh, the wains are dirty screw them we're tossing them out the window now we're gonna take everything we can from them so i mean i love that alfred is just like no bruce don't listen to crime lord carmine falcone listen to me i actually knew your father yeah Oh, yeah, that was a really, it was really powerful because then you see, because then Bruce is like, I don't ever want to lose anyone. It's like, the first time he was actually afraid. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, this is, this is like emotional. It was and deep. then this is where you find out about the Gotham Renewal Fund and how like it was supposed <sighs> to be a good thing. And then after Thomas it's- Wayne dies, the bad people get their hands on it. And then they just get to continue the cycle of like, yeah, we're going to help you. Like, nope, we're just going to keep getting richer. The poor keep getting poorer. And the rich keep getting richer. It's a complete abuse of power. You just see how the mayor of Gotham, the DA of Gotham, the police, commissioner. Chief, the commissioner, it goes all the, it's top down. Like not all the cops like in Gotham, but like it's not my all Martinez. Of, yeah. Shout out to all my homies. Love Martinez. Yeah. But like the renewal fund is thanks to Thomas Wayne dying. It's just completely abused. Thomas Wayne like wanted to use it to like fund the orphanages and like create a better future for Gotham city, which is what Bruce should be doing. But he has his quest as being the Batman, but it's, it's completely why Gotham is just not able to get out from the dirt because you have things like this that are set up and you have the people who are in power 
just to keep it going through the same cycle. And they're just going to keep using it to compete, compete, com- continue having a hard time here continue to just abuse that power and like carmine is just at the top of it all he's the one who's like getting the most of it and he's just like we're gonna do the he's he says to bruce at one point he's like i run this city like this is my domain yeah i was like and this is exactly what i wanted i wanted to talk about this the carmine falcone and batman begins is good this is the carmine falcone though that i had pictured in my head Carmine like runs the city from behind the scenes. He's not some guy who's like, Hey, I'm out here in the public and I'm going to like control things here. Like he's not like a Lex Luthor type of person where it's like, they're fairly public about it. Like in their interactions, Carmine works from behind the scenes. He owns the mayor. He owns the police. He owns all the thugs in the city. Like they'll do anything they will for him. The only person he doesn't own Batman. Yeah. And my homie Jim shout out and Martinez. And Martinez, everybody loves Martinez. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, this, no, I loved it. So then they transition away from this to like the rooftop scene. With, Back again on the bat signal. Oh yeah, and then, dude, this part freaked me out a little bit because at first I thought it was gonna be so like the bat signal's on and Batman shows with Gordon's there. Like they're like, I thought you were here. No, I thought you were here. And I'm like, oh, bro, the Riddler's up there. There's going to be Me some too. crazy stuff. And then, well, they get up there and then it's Selena and Kinsey. She's like, I found the guy who killed Annika. <sighs> and this part was really disturbing because like, <sighs> yeah, they play, like they get up there and she's like, I know it's him. And they play the, the voicemail or whatever on her phone of her getting strangled by Carmine. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, this is just sad. Yeah, Kinsey was working closely with Carmine, like on the the police officer, the part time police officer. You saying Kinsey moonlights with the penguin? No, he moonlights as a cop. <sighs> Kinsey was a hundred percent moonlighting as a cop working with Carmine, and it, like the whole reveal, like on the cell phone voicemail, just of like you say the brutality where you hear her. She's like. Yeah, I was with the D, uh, the mayor, and like, yeah, he talked about like the the Maroni drug bust and like this stuff. But like, I'll leave. I won't say anything. I'll leave the city. And Carmine's like, yeah, you know too much. And you hear her get strangled on the phone. Oh, and, like hearing so- the life get like choked out of someone. Like, it's amazing. That this movie's PG thirteen. Yeah, this movie. Uh, this if this. <laughs> Well, they they dropped the f bomb at one point. What when did they say the f bomb? It was early, it was early on. It was with Pete really? Savage. He's like, he was like, how do you know what this fuck isn't or something? Like I was like, yeah. why? And I was like, okay. They honestly probably should have made this movie R. No, because it would have been way more violent deaths. Yeah, true. <laughs> the Riddler deaths would have been. I was thinking that I was like, would I have liked this movie if it was rated R? But in my head, I was like. We would have seen so many people had the most gruesome, violent deaths, I feel like. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. But, maybe it shouldn't have been R. But so, yeah, like with Kinsey, I love how, like, Selena's like, I know she kind of can tell that Batman has this code where it's like he doesn't want to kill people. Like, they never, like, explicitly, explicitly state it like they do in the Dark Knight trilogy. But with this. She like kicks Kinsey like off of the rooftop of where the bat signal is. He's about to fall off, and you see like Gordon and Batman like both jump to save him while she gets the head start on Carmine because obviously they Carmine killed like the one lead that they had on this case. 
So she killed her friend. She's like, I'm yeah. gonna go kill him. Yeah. And we get back to the iceberg lounge again for round three. Oh my god, dude. Well, it was kind of cool how he went in as Bruce Wayne and he like shuts all the lights down and then he puts his gear on and she's down and Selena's downstairs shooting at him. She's like, I hate you, dad. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. I'd hate him too. <laughs> well, I love like the way that, like they both like went at that. Like Batman like goes at it like from a physical aspect and like he like cuts the wires and like he starts beating the shit out of people in the club. She goes in where like she's acting like a scared girl, like work at the club. She's like, I don't know where Annika is. Uh. And like you see like can completely shift her. She's like, yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm here to kill you. Yeah, it was kind of like when um, it reminded me a lot of when Anne Hathaway was like, she's free. And I was like, ah, and she's like, oh, I'm fine now. It's like, oh, wow. Call me. <laughs> He's like call, bleeding out on the floor of bar. Call me. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, I love the iceberg lounge and like just the whole aesthetic of it, even like when the power gets cut out and everything that's going on there and the commotion. But even as well, then like when they finally capture Carmine and they're taking him out and they're like escorting him out of the iceberg lounge to arrest him. It's just, he's like, I own this place. I'll be back out in the streets in like no time, basically. And then the spoiler. Oh, what'd you say? Well, the penguin was just like, you know, welcome back here. Carmine. Yeah. He's like, Oh, he's like, yeah, have fun in Blackgate prison, Carmine. And he's like, what are you talking about Oz? And I love that. Like, even though Oswald was his like right hand man, he totally wanted to take he's, over. He's like, I got the power now. I want it. Mm-hmm. Blackgate Prison too. You get a little mention yeah, of it. I heard that. I was, and then I was just like, maybe I'll just hear Iron Heights at some point, and then completely lose my mind. We heard Bloodhaven, so I mean, shit. Yeah, we did. Who knows at this point? But um, well, they, this yeah. is when the riddle is like, bring Alrata or Alrata Alada under the light. It does such a good job of like doing that subplot with like the the Waynes, the Arkham's, Maroni, and Carmine. Like it does such a great job with that subplot and like taking time. Like it was like 30 minutes of like that, 30, 45 minutes of that. And then it finally cuts back where it's like, bring Rata a lot under the light. And Carmine gets shot. And I'm like, I completely forget. Like it does a great job of like making you kind of forget about the Ridley. Like you don't forget about him, but he took a back seat. Mm -hmm. Carmine gets under the streetlight, dead. Uh, and you're like i was not oh. expecting that i wasn't either but then this is when they can like they get into his apartment in like oh you have it written down it's just so like oh like it's like this is like the unabomber's manifesto and it does not feel safe in riddler's apartment at all because obviously like they see where the sniper shot came from and they're in there and it's just like you see the devices that he created, like that he didn't use on people. Oh, and they are terrifying. Like the tubes that he has like created with like no more lies on it. Yeah. And just all these other things that he has. I'm like, I didn't trust anything in there. I was like, there's, there's gotta be. Cause at this point in the movie, I was like, there's gotta be something more that the Riddler has, but luckily he doesn't. Thank God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but just as, the devices that like they created i feel like matt reeves is just like giggling he's like we're gonna make this even more crazy and uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. as we can i'm like okay cool it dude you need to go see like a therapist or something <laughs> whoever was creating these was crazy yeah as they hell, gotta but... calm down yeah well, this is when they finally capture him and like this is the scene in the trailers like it's like end of the movie and he gets captured mm-hmm he's captured i'm like oh what the hell but you see it in the trailers the cops police hands up and they arrest him at the countertop and you get the face reveal finally of who he is it's paul dano but paul i mean dano, like but... the way that they like do it and like they sort of just reveal that i'm like 
he Paul Dano, like actor Paul Dano looks like a friendly guy. Paul Dano in the movie as the Riddler looks he like looks a complete like, crazy, just like psycho. Mm-hmm. Dude who's just like, well, I see I no really, problem with what he's doing. Well, the, the thing is, it's like when they have, okay. So I didn't think that, well, okay. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch the, when I rewatch the movie again, I'm gonna have to come because like the quintessential Batman scene of the dark Knight is in the ter- interrogation room between Batman and Joker. That stands, I think it stands on its own level. This, this comes very close to it. I don't know if it surpasses it, but they have their own interrogation room moment. Mm-hmm. They do. It's very, and- it's very reminiscent. It's very inspired. I, I agree with that. I think Matt Reeves kind of like understood, like I don't think he realized that he could top that scene because I don't think any scene can top that. Yeah. Like that like sort of interaction between like Batman and his villain. Yeah. It's often replicated, never or, um, often imitated, never replicated or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. But like the way that Riddler sort of like tormenting him, but also like we're the same person. We just have, different end goals in mind like we both want to rid the city of crime and like the dirty people that are using their power to corrupt the city but it's very similar to how like the joke's like you and i are gonna do this for it's like it's similar to that where like the joke is like yeah but i'm your the the perfect negative half of you like we fight each other but we love it and riddler's like you and i are working together like Mm -hmm. you're you are helping me and he's like no i'm not helping you he's like no 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 and then you kind of seem like get unhinged and you're like this is weird yeah, and then he's he just singing it. Ave Maria and you're like, wow, this is scary. Yeah, you're you're losing your mind. Also, I love that like the the chains and shackles that were made for him, completely made for a bigger man, like Bane. Um Yeah. Yeah. Like a man from Santa Prisca. But I love then where like he's Riddler's like, Oh, you didn't solve all my riddles? You didn't find out about this last part, and you see Robert Pattinson we don't give him enough. We haven't talked about him enough in this, but he, no. Okay. I actually oh, want to talk about it because is... we've gotten this far into it. I want to talk about it at the end. I want to write this down briefly, but like Rob Pattinson, but I love where he's like bang on the way. He's like, what have you done? What have you done? I, yeah. I just love that. Like physical brutality. And we find out that the Riddler has those vans armed with bombs and he completely blows up the Gotham seawall. I wrote kisses fingers, Italian style or French style. I loved it. I loved that bit. I thought it yeah. was just great. Like it felt again, like you reach the climax of a comic book and like what their end goal is. And they blow up the seawall and like the city's in complete commotion then because it's election day and you have to sort of like, people are getting flooded. The whole city is like going to end up underwater. Yeah. And it does. And like in the end, like do you have this written down? I do agree. Like this third act does feel a little drawn out. Because like, yeah, it's like, okay, the city is flooded, which is crazy. And then they're all in the Gotham arena, which doesn't make sense why they go there because it's lower, like lower elevation. They walk Gordon down. Says he, Gordon says, like, this is for tornado, like warnings and like events. This is not for a flooding. Yeah. And well, okay. I have a few logical, like, just like logical errors in this, but like, it's kind of okay. Cause this is the crazy part. Like when all the Riddler followers showed up, cause like, he had his own like little Twitter page going. It was like, Hey guys, um, you're going to have to go meet here. Da, 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 da. And, like rifles are good. We're bringing rifles. We're going to shoot all these people. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, Oh, this is crazy. Um, he's got but, that like, YouTube page and everything. And it's like, he, 
they're like, oh, I support this. Don't forget your Saran wrap. And I'm like looking at this. I'm like, this is going to be QAnon vibes right now. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it reminded me a lot of like ISIS recruiting, like what you see in like ISIS recruiting. And it's just like, it's just freaky because like this, it's like, ah, oh, this can happen. Like, it's like, there's so much time when I was watching them. Like, this can happen in real life. It's radicalizing those people like who like can, they're like, oh, fringe. I can relate to this. Yeah. Like fringe people. It's just, it's just sad, but that i had some logical flaw issues with like okay the mayor elect is on stage and then one of the riddlers shoots her like one of the riddler followers shoot her i was like later in the movie yeah but then later in the movie she's like fine because batman pulls her out of the water i'm like um she's bled out and died by now but whatever yeah no i i had that as well like i i did wrote like the third act feels a little drawn out but i think it's a little warranted because the first two acts are so rock solid like the third act isn't as strong as that like I give the first two acts like a 10 out of 10 and this third act, I'd give like a seven and a half, eight out of 10. I still give solid. it an eight. Yeah. It's still really solid, but like it feels drawn out and it's like, okay, there's like some issues going on and she's like, I'm going to go on stage and give my speech in my head. I'm like, well, you're going to die. Yeah. I'm like, you're so toast. But um, I mean, when like it finally, like the Riddler uh, followers are shooting people from like the top on like the jumbotron or whatever. Was, on. That was messed up. I was like, this is, they see this no is, problem. They're like, screw you guys. This is so, I was like, this is so effed up. This is like ugh. shooting with rifle, freaking cycler rifles. But, um, but I like, okay, well, I thought Batman was going to kill the, kill the guy when he, so like when he comes in, he's like, when he d- does the explosion, he comes down. Um, I, so that's what I was going to say when he makes his entrance into the building and like you hear, like you hear like a noise on the rooftop and like they look up. And the explosion comes in and he comes dropping into this thing. I'm like, I was, I was so excited. I was like, this is exactly what I wanted. This is exactly what I wanted. This is exactly what I wanted. Yeah. And he's just going to town and he's shooting guys, ripping them over the thing with his grapnel hook. And he's beating the crap out of them. And he's hucking the rifles at them. And well, then he gets knocked down. I swear to God, he got like, okay. So dude yeah. gets blasted with a double barrel shotgun. He fell and grabbed stuff with his right arm like three different times. I'm like, you just got smoked with a shotgun at point blank range. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if you're going to just be like, oh, yes, I have to grab right here as I tumble off this ledge. Whatever. He pulls himself up and then Selena's about to die because she is some. I forgot how she got in there, but like. She's she about up. to go off on the motorcycle, but like the guy, the cop was like, the city is flooding right now. You're not going anywhere. And like, she looks at her heel and like, she's up like knee deep in water. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she's about to die, but then he shoots himself with adrenaline or Titan formula. <laughs> it was <laughs> adrenaline. Yeah. But and then he's like, he is just going off and he's just pounding this guy's head in. She like looks at him. She's like, oh, I've never seen you. Like they had like a short. I mean, their like relationship was like in a matter of like five or six days, but she's looking at him like, dude, you're, you're about to crazy. kill this guy. Yeah. Because but... Gordon's like, who are you? And what does he say to him? I'm vengeance. And then Batman's like, oh, and then this is the most, be- I think this is probably the most beautiful part of the movie when he's on top of the stadium helping out and like, it's the orchestral music playing. He's like, I'm not vengeance. The city needs more. The city needs hope. I was like, that was, part was, it was very beautiful. I loved it where he was just like, I have made an impact on the city. Like you see him helping out the people after like all the Riddler follows are defeated. Uh, quick note of the cinematography. He lights the flare, like while he's down, like mm-hmm. in like the underbelly of it. And it just looks so beautiful. 
you would have a right. Like I was like, I remember we were doing a trailer breakdown. I was like, it looks like the city is being flooded right now, but I'm like, that can't be. Yeah. That is how it went down. <laughs> yeah. And it was like 12 feet high. Yeah. But I don't um, know how you just deflood Gotham city. I have no clue how that works, but well, I think the city still is flooded because like at the end of it, we hear Batman, like he's writing down in his journal. He's like November 6th. Da, da, da. And it's like martial laws in place. I'm like, hell yeah. Martial law. <laughs> yeah. He said that, which I just thought was hilarious. But so then wrapping up the movie, I want to save the cameo for last. Cause I want to talk cause we can get into that later, but I Selena and Bruce have their final scene together. She says she's going to Bloodhaven. They, she's totally come back for the sequel. Yeah. They have great chemistry. She was her Rob and Gordon, like the standout performances. They all knocked out of the park. Everyone in the side cast knocked it out of the park as well. They did a phenomenal job. I'd love to see them again. Um, mm-hmm. The the ending scene is perfect where like, it's just him looking down at the mirror or whatever and like watching her go away. It's like, ah, they kind of feel from like, like that's the other half of him that like, this mm-hmm. is like, it's the cursed love that'll never happen. But like they're meant for each other. I'm really hoping it happens by the time this all ends up, but, but like who when knows it just ends of him driving off and you're just like, Oh, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope that they end up together at the end of whatever, if this is a trilogy or not, but who knows if it will, because we get, a. Uh... We get a little setup for a sequel or the third movie. We'll have to debate that, but um, we get the Joker in the movie. We get a little reference to the Joker in Arkham Asylum. And I've been on here saying that I don't want to see the Joker. And I, this is my one, this is my one complaint about the movie. It, I'm not a fan of it. It kind of takes me out of the movie. I don't want to sit in a movie. Like I, this movie felt like so solid and everything. And it just felt grounded in its own place. And then it just felt like they were trying to set up a sequel with the Joker. Like, oh, hey, this is the Joker. You recognize him? This is the Batman villain, the Joker. I was just like, okay, I don't need it. Like, it kind of felt like it was a Marvel movie set up, in my opinion. But yeah, I didn't. Okay. When it happened, I didn't hate it. I was cool with it. I love the the guy who does it. Um, Barry, Barry. Hogan actually was playing the Joker. You and I were like, this is BS. No way. You're wrong. Yeah, I think we called it though. I think we said he was. I said he was. I think I didn't. I was like, I'm like, I don't know about this. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. I doubt. I thought people were reaching. I'm like, he's gonna play the Joker. I'm like, how do you know that? But then, like, when I didn't see him appearing in the movie, I was like, where is this guy? (laughs) Well, yeah, he rolls up, and he rolls up, and I'll tell you what, his laugh is the Joker. Remind I this is probably the most Arkham like bat like Batman Arkham video game. He reminds me the most of the animated series Joker. He does he's very like Mark Hamill, like maniacal esque. Mm-hmm. He's not like chaotic Heath Ledger or psychotic um Joaquin Phoenix. And he's not more Jack he's not Jack Nicholson. <laughs> quirky, yeah. It's uh I mean he wasn't bad. Like his performance was fine. The bit that he had was good. I wasn't a fan of it though. Cause I wish it would happen naturally. They didn't need the scene. They really just like, if anything, they didn't need it. Yeah. Am I, did, the more I think about it, I don't know if I like it or not because it is, he said like Matt Reeves said in an interview, like this is like fledgling Joker. He is not the Joker yet. Mm-hmm. Like but, it's an, these are all like, it's not really an origin story for Batman. Like it kind of is. It's an origin year two story, but it's also the setup and origin for his villains, Penguin, Riddler, and the Joker. 
like we're like this is the first like we get to like see of them and see how they actually operate so we'll see how it goes robert pattinson this was news today he has gone on to say that he thinks the sequel the villain for the sequel would be the court of owls but there's two that i there's two that i would want for a sequel to this i want the court of owls at number one i I don't need to go on it anymore. I think that the way this movie set up though, where it's like there's more to Gotham than Bruce realizes and that there's like the Waynes and the Arkhams, like they have something going on that not even Bruce was aware of. I think it'd be cool if there was more that not even the entire city knew about. And yeah. there's like a whole criminal thing under it, but that's just me. I want them as my top villain. Yeah. I mean, they're setting up the Joker. I don't know what they're going to do with it. I don't, I, you know, he might have more of a role in the second one, but I really think he's going to be like a third movie villain. I would agree too. I think he's set up for a sequel. I don't think it would be the second one though. I do agree with you. I think it would be a third. One I think they're going to tease before. him. And then like they have the little tease here. They're going to tease him a little bit more in the second one. And then in the third one, he's going to take the show. I agree. The second one. I mean, the, the court of Owls, I think makes the most logical sense, which would be awesome to see. You could do the hush element with Thomas Elliot coming back because his dad was killed by the Waynes. He would have a reason to hate Bruce Wayne. That, that makes a lot of sense as well. Um, I also like Victor freeze just as a character. Well, so I yeah, think Matt, Matt Reeves says he wants him. Matt Reeves had said, he's like, I'd like to do a real like world, take a real interpretation on Victor freeze as a villain. And those are my top two. Hush would be cool as well. I'd like to see that as happen. I don't know how you could, like draw that out for like two hours though. Well, I mean, I didn't think, I don't know how you could draw out a Riddler movie for two hours until I watched this. I thought it was three hours of him getting Riddler trophies and finally he could open up the door and fight him. Yeah. Like, like, like well, the Arkham like, games. When, well, think about like when this first, when the movie was first announced, who the villains were, it was the Riddler, Penguin and Catwoman. I remember being like, really? You're going with the Riddler and the Penguin? And then I just, then like the closer we got to the movie, you saw we're like, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is going to be completely different. Uh, okay, this is very different. But I think Victor Freeze could fit into this universe very well. Well, so, yeah. I You and I were talking before. I, w- I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Mr. Freeze. I really would love to see him because the Arkham games have done such a great job of like creating a unique character, like a unique, not anti-hero, but not villain either. They I humanize him. Yeah, he's not a villain really. He's just trying to save his wife. Like he has like creepy and like his his motives with his wife and just like what he has in mind are completely like warped. misaligned. Yeah, they're warped. That's a good way of putting it. He just it's not the way that it should be. So, but I mean, the Court of Owls is number one for me. But I think if it was Mister Freeze, I'd like to see what was the thing for Arkham Origins? Is it a cold, cold, I, I cold say, a cold cold heart? cold cold heart that's the one I, like if they did a sequel i'd want that to be titled it but yeah, i mean that, there's probably trademark and copyright issues with that but um i'm I also i'm also man. throwing i'm also just saying bane just saying bane would be really cool dave batista has said many different times it'd be cool to see because i mean with this one you see like more of like it's this is like the world's greatest detective you see batman doing detective work finally in a batman movie like which makes this one stand out so much more than the others so you see him like like with his it's not a there's not a lot of fighting in this movie there's i was gonna just combat. say that yeah it's and that's what i like and i made complaints about the dark knight trilogy 
the combat felt very clunky in the Dark Knight trilogy. This felt this very like, no, it was very like in the moment, like it felt combative and brutal. So with this, it's like more of like a mentality game with Batman and the Riddler where it's like he's solving these crimes. You could do something with Bane where it's more physical and brutal and like it's a physical test to Bruce Wayne. But Bane is also a genius level intellect like Batman because mm-hmm. he's, he's the one who figures out Batman is Bruce Wayne. Depending on which story you look at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look like, at Batman forever. Batman and Robin Bane is dumb. He just puts bombs around. That was Mr. Freeze. He's like, no, that was Bane. no, that was Bane. Someone walk. It was why oh, Arnold yeah, Schwarzenegger was, was Mr. Freeze. Time to be yeah, put no. on ice. I have. I just remember someone walking around like bomb bomb that's bane um, bro it was so we didn't talk about him much i want to talk about it robert pattinson i see some hate they're like he plays a dark emo batman he's like all saddened down in the dumps i'm like and it's in my head i'm batman well it's comic book batman but i'm also sitting there thinking i'm like damn you really didn't watch this movie then if you lived in gotham city would you have like a positive Peter Parker type of mindset? Like, oh, hey, I'm here to go, you know, to go to high school and do my thing. Oi, oh, let's yeah. go. <laughs> it's Gotham is not like that type of city. So I completely understand where like his take on Bruce, Robert Pattinson's take on Bruce Wayne is like a dark, not depressed, but like just like completely warped, twisted like character. Like he's, he's just a dark emo is a word that you could use like bruce wayne so i i see that and i'm like gotham city is not a place where you're like happy and cheery like it's a dark depressing city i think robert pattinson nails it as batman for this i think he knocks it out of the park yeah yeah but i don't know let's wrap it up here we've been going for two hours I know you might as well just watch the movie at this point. <laughs> yeah, you might. Yeah, if you've made it this far, you you've been you've just been giving yourself like five hours of Batman content. Exactly, but I mean, overall thoughts for the movie, the score, unlike any other, Michael G nails it. I think it elevates it. The sound design we talked about, the boots and everything, like just walking on the Batmobile, oh. it's beautiful. Cinematography, next level god tier i loved it and the story itself it's always engaging and like the way that like matt reeves is able to build tension like throughout the scenes and just like unravel the story as it goes on it keeps you engaged for the whole three hours i loved it and that's why i'd say it's my favorite comic book movie of all time it's the best batman movie best comic book movie of all time i agree with it is the best um, comic book movie of all time people may objectively think the dark knight is better I respect that. I respect that opinion. Objectively, it probably is better because of how streamlined the story the Dark Knight is, and this one kind of takes like weaves and turns and stuff. But I liked every turn weave of that. I think it just made it a broader, more rich story. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it is my favorite Batman movie to date. Um, I, I just get nervous about a sequel just because I'm like, I don't know. Maybe will he catch? Did he catch lightning in a bottle? Is this one? Is this a one time deal? Will he do it again? That's I get what nervous, I'm nervous about that. I'm nervous of that too. Cause like this was such a rock solid entry, but I feel like I think if I were to go into a sequel, like I was going into this movie with expectations to be the best comic book movie of all time. Like I went into this movie with that type of expectation. Cause I had a lot of like high hopes for this. I think with the sequel, like I, I can go in like now with a little more tempered, like he nailed it with the first one. I'd expect the second one to be like 
an eight out of 10 movie, like a solid entry for Batman. Like it's, it's on par with like the dark Knight or Batman begins like type of movie. It's that solid of a movie and it's that enjoyable of a Batman story, but he knocked it out. Matt Reeves nailed it with this one. All the performances were great. I loved it. Um, and this is just like a little point that I want to mention, but we haven't gotten a comic book movie like this since the dark Knight trilogy. We haven't gotten a movie where it's like a serious dark tone on it. Like we haven't, it hasn't felt like we've had like some, maybe Logan you could say is like that, but like, I guess Logan is the last one that we've had like that, but everything else is all like, let's put in our friends. Yeah. Insert our jokes here. And we'll have like a little comedy relief here. There's not comedic relief. Like it has it in, but it feels natural. So it's just, this movie is so unique and it just, I think it's so rock solid. Like the first two acts are amazing. The third one is a little drawn out, but I feel like it's warranted just because of how solid the first two are. I love it. I give it a 10. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably give it a 9.5 or a 10. I'm right now, I'd probably just give it a 10 just because of how Batman it felt. This, it was the Go- Gotham was what it needed to do for me. It needed to nail Gotham and, and it needed to nail Batman as a character. If the story was good, I was going to love it there. Robert Pattinson did a great job. I felt like I was in Gotham City. You got me there. I loved it. It was great. We've been talking forever about this. There's more that we could always talk about, but I think it might be time to wrap it up. So if you enjoyed it, feel free to share. It. Please share this episode with someone. Please like it. Please do it. Um, interact with us. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, rate us on Spotify. You want to shoot us a message, email legionairepodcast at gmail.com, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at legionairepod. Um, We'd be happy to interact and answer some questions. What did you think of the Batman movie? Let us know. And with that, I will let Cal send us away. I'm vengeance. Mm, I like that one. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs>